Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what it was. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, G I'm going to start that one over. <laughs> Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vvim or its, and you can follow me on Tumblr at the Voice of Nightvale with dashes. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use any pronouns, and you can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns. You can follow me on co-host at Topple Thrones, where I forgot to do my weekly TTRPG post. I'll <gasps> do that later today. God damn it, Wyatt. I was, I was, letting your fans I was down. With my, I was with my partner all day on Friday. I didn't have time. Gay. <laughs> Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and on TikTok at Word of God Cast. And uh, God today cast. we are talking about <laughs> Supernatural Season 7, Episodes 3, The Girl Next Door, and 4, Defending Your Life. There we go, I remembered the names. Woo, uh, content time. warnings for these episodes will include... Content warnings for this episode include near-death experiences, hallucinations, dissociation, child abuse, cannibalism again, depending on your definition, uh, serious burns, attempts to extort someone for sex, death via getting hit by a car, dog attacks, mentions of death by explosion, and mentions of torture. If you'd like us to word for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. You can also do that if you have any questions or comments you wish to send to us. Or Which, by the way, before we begin here, I would like to open a question to y'all because I realized we forgot to talk about something extremely glaring and important last episode, and I was beating myself up over not bringing it up. How did the fandom react when Castiel died? I wasn't there for it. Ash? Uh, I mean, okay, this there, is the there third must time. Be, there must be echoes. Yeah. Right, th that's what I'm wondering. Is okay, people hold on, like, let, me let me go on to supernaturalheritagepost.tumblr.com. I know what fandom is like, and often the immediate reaction to something like this happening is people losing their minds because... They don't know that he's going to come back, even though he's probably going to come back. Like, uh, I didn't think about this because I know that he's coming back. And it's also like, you know, no one ever stays dead in this show if they're like a major character. And he's an angel. But like, I'm curious whether that was the broad reaction or if people were very upset about their ship being killed. Um, oh, God, when was this? When did this? Uh, twenty twelve? No, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. September. So this was before I was on Tumblr. Um, and more importantly, this was before I was into Supernatural. Um, because oh the timeline was like this. In twenty eleven, I was uh, I was role playing Doctor Who on fanfiction.net, <laughs> and then my friend, who is no longer my friend. Uh, convinced me to make a Tumblr account, and then for like <laughs> probably about eight months, it was nothing but Homestuck, to the point where one of my friends from said Doctor Who forum unfollowed me for it. We should start <laughs> adding. We should, we should start adding relatively to the end of the old time fan. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, older than most y'all. Uh huh. Uh, I, I was like the there, Gandalf. No, I just know, made it sound I, uh, like that person is no longer your friend because they told you to get a Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a totally different, totally valid reason. <laughs> um, 
anyway, so yeah, it was, let's see. It was probably around, oh God, when did I join Tumblr? I think it was 2013, hold on. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2013. Oh, I found a article. September of 2013. Supernatural boss addresses Castiel Firestorm. Is he dead Firestorm. or alive? Firestorm. Oh so, so much fucking homestuck in here. So considering they had to, to do a press release, I assume people were pretty upset. Yeah. Oh, wow. Trying to see. Does this thing cite their sources a little bit? Um, There's a little bit of Doctor Who in here. There's a lot of Tom Hiddleston. This is like doing an archaeological dig on myself. Oh my god, it's the, uh, oh god, do you remember when people would humanify, uh, what is this? Is this the don't hug me, I'm scared? Oh, the clock? Yeah, the clock and the other, uh, the, yeah. Yeah. I was not I, on yeah, Tumblr for this, but I, I've seen the relics. I was on Tumblr for this, let's see. Yeah, um, I'm doing an archaeological dig on myself. I want to see when Supernatural starts popping up. While you do that, so this is really funny. Um, I, I I don't know what they were planning at the time, but what they say, what um uh who is this? This is uh why is it okay? So this is so they're they're talking to Sarah Gamble. This is Sarah Gamble. I, it's weird that it's that they don't name her here. Um, but uh, so they're like, is it safe to label him as dead or did you purposefully leave it as ambiguous? And she's like, both things are true, actually. We purposefully left it ambiguous, uh, but also like, you know, death is a funny thing because we're a show about life beyond the grave. This this death is definitely something that will carry on. This is one of the most serious losses that they've ever had to face. And then they ask, is there a chance that Misha could come back, but not as Cass, but in some other incarnation? She's like, oh, definitely. It has always been our intention to bring back Misha in some form. When we called him to let him know we had this plan for the character, we talked about this on a longer schedule than in these first two episodes. We certainly can't say too much about where the story is going to go, but we love Misha and want to continue to work with him. <laughs> so we it's love like. Misha. So it's like, yeah, Cass is dead, but also Misha Collins is coming back, which means Cass is probably coming back. Hell yeah. Um, okay. So, so I wish they cited... concerned about their little meow meow. Yeah, they call it a firestorm. I wish there was like some, like, uh, citations in this. Um, I'm going to see if I can find anything else. I think I found the first instance of Supernatural on my Tumblr blog. Hold on. It's just a gif of Cass. It's literally just a gif of Cass. <laughs> That's very funny. Okay, I'm uh, this would be to in January 2014. Things and it is genuinely unsearchable because uh, it's this post that I'm looking at from 2011 Wait, is formatted the way Tumblr posts were formatted in, in 2011. So it's illegible. Literally, like there's too many comments to make it actually readable. <laughs> Oh, that's not a picture of Dean. That's a picture of Jensen Ackles. It's a thirst post of Super Hulock. Oh. <laughs> this is very funny. Um, In May... What? Okay, so on Spoiler TV, Dean and Castiel in 2011 won TV's most romantic couple, <laughs> which is great. Nobody does it like them. The brainworms oh. were terminal. Let's see. Oh, man. Okay. I found I found peak Tumblr. Oh god. Um, I'm already dying looking through my own blog. I don't even want to know it, what this looks like. 
Is it true? So this is this is from 2011. Is it true that Sarah Gamble planned to have written Castiel off permanently in season seven, and that fan response is what eventually brought him back? So so, and then there's a bunch of like tweets around this, and it's like yeah. So it's not. It's a little bit after uh, Cast died, but like when he. This is in response to when he came back. Um, sorry, this wasn't in 2011. This was nine years ago. Um, but is in is responding to those events. So yes, if it's if it's, I am seeing the historical detritus of a fandom explosion, and that's what I wanted to know. Mm. Apologies for doing this research on air. There's I thought our old time so fan much... might know something. No, I'm just teasing. This was before I joined Tumblr! I was 10! Yes, but like <laughs> the things, like, if you're in a fandom, you begin to hear stories about the time I have that heard okay. the the idea that, like, Cass was supposed to be dead and then they had to bring him back because fans were unhappy, but that was, like, from the mouth of fans, so I couldn't be sure if that was actually true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's actually true by the sounds of it, just by what Sarah Gamble said in that, like, immediate, like, a couple weeks after the episode dropped, like, response. Mm -hmm. But it is very Tumblr to claim that they're the ones who brought (laughs) Castiel back. (laughs) Oh, that's such peak... Uh, well, it's very Tumblr. not to, to to reference our uh, to, to reference a touchstone for Ash and myself. Homestuck made this world, uh, you know. Homestuck made this world. Reader responses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The idea of fandom having a direct effect on mm-hmm. the media they're consuming, based on their responses to it, uh, to like the creators of that media on social media and at conventions is becoming more and more of a thing at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, uh, uh, the way Homestuck worked for a long time is it was in direct response to prompts that people wrote in. That's why it's formatted like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And for a long time after that happened, uh, there was a often, well, not obvious, not like, Never outright stated, there were moves made in the comic that did often seem to be responding directly to the fans. There's one specific example I remember is, um, oh Christ, a character, and this is actually something I think I was around for, a character, basically she gets Jokerified and she says, I feel so Caucasian. Yes. And fans lash back at that because uh, a lot of the... um, a lot of the fandom was like really attached to the fact that the characters didn't really have canon skin tones. They are always just this like paper white. Um, so fans were uh, upset that Hussey was denying that and canonifying a, a character as white. So he changed it to I feel so peachy. Um, but yeah, H- H- Homestuck is a very good example of fandom backlash having yeah i mean that's a that's an interesting example of that being a direct retcon um mm-hmm. uh, and an edit of him going back and changing something uh there are more mm-hmm. subtle also versions yeah. of like directions characters took that like yeah it's like a- anyways um, yeah, I mean, yes, this is this is as old as time. This is as old as fandom yeah. has existed. Uh, this goes all the way back to uh, Sherlock being brought back after he died because of <laughs> fandom backlash in the late 1800s. Yeah. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle got a lot of hate on Twitter. Yeah. Um, 
just going back to my um, timeline really quick, I do remember, I think, the time where I actually got involved in the Supernatural fandom on Tumblr was right around the Mish Apocalypse. So, <laughs> stick a pin in the timeline there. When was the Mish Apocalypse? Okay. 2011? April to... 2013, I thought. No, I don't know. Tumblr mean associated with April Fool's Day 2013. Well... Oh, I was right. Because huh? I joined in... I joined in September of 2013. So you missed it. That's so bizarre. It went on for months. <laughs> oh my god. I need you to know. It went on for months. People still had that icon for months. <laughs> I remember seeing discourse posts about uh, not using Misha's son in the Misha Apocalypse posts because Misha expressed that it was uncomfortable. Like That's the oldest discourse I remember seeing. What? I didn't know he had a son. He has like I oh, think yeah. he has three kids now. Wow! So much tomato juice, that kid. So yeah, so many. Yeah, his he has West and Mason, so he has two kids. I think it's yeah. Nice. He's born in Boston. Anyway, right, are we ever gonna we talk, talk about, about these the episodes? Notes? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the supernatural episode. Okay, seven three, the girl next door, written by Andrew Dabb and Daniel Laughlin, which explains some things about it. Um, I'm gonna do my best to be so so neutral, um, as I read this synopsis i wrote up um okay so the recap reminds us that we left off with the boys being taken to the hospital and then we open in the hospital with dean getting resuscitated sam has gone for an mri dean rips out his iv don't do that and tries to get up but his leg is broken so he falls over um bobby comes in he's not dead he survived yay um he passes dean some crutches gives him a little pat on the cheek and goes to get sam um dr Gaines, who's the leviathan hears that the boys are here and starts coming for them but bobby gets sam's gurney and all three of them make it out in time to get away yay title card um three weeks later the gang is camping out in some cabin that we will learn more about briefly um while dean watches some spanish soaps dean and bobby talk about the leviathan problem while sam dissociates because lucifer's talking to him again but like don't worry about it he's so fine um it's fine we learned that this cabin they're using used to be rufus's um bobby says that even though his library burned down he had copies all over the place because he understands how information works yes um, um i this this relieved me yeah <laughs> um Dean says Sam sends Sam on a food run and asks for some pie and then uses this opportunity to ask Bobby what he thinks of Sam zoning out there. Bobby is optimistic about Sam's healing curve, but Dean is waiting for the other shoe to drop. At the store, Sam gets groceries and a newspaper announcing an ice pick killer and the name on his credit card pings the system, alerting the Leviathan who somehow know the Elias's, the, the aliases the boys use and have a guy placed to track them so whatever now they've been located sam comes back and he's like hey you're good right yeah he's fine um sam did not get pie he gets he got cake which is why you don't get nice things sam uh while dean sleeps sam reads up on the case that he found and we get a flashback to 1998 every time i have a flashback it's to this year it's this one specific case he's on when sam was 15 years old um and reading up on a very similar case over the phone uh, we don't see Dean, but we understand that he's talking to Dean. He tells him, um, this is a kitsune. I hope Wyatt has a folklore corner about this. Sam says uh, <laughs> yeah. they look human, obviously, because this is supernatural, um, until they grow claws and like stab you behind the ear to get to your brain. So he's using a lore book that Uncle Bobby sent, but it isn't in English. Uh, then John goes on the phone, and we hate him so, so much. Boo. Um, and he's like, you have to finish the case, Sam, whatever. Um, in the present... Sam steals the Impala keys, leaves a note, and heads out. Meanwhile, a drug dealer gets murdered. Dean wakes up to find the note and calls Bobby saying, Other shoe. 
um, which I thought was pretty effective. Bobby says to let Sam have a few days, get the cast off, and then go after him. Smash cut to Dean sawing his cast off early. What a freak. Um, Sam is at the police station talking about the case. Uh, he says that the killer goes after lowlifes. Uh, we can talk about that. Then Sam mm-hmm. recognizes... Sorry, not then. Sam recognizes the profile from his earlier case. Um, Dean talks to the clerk who sold Sam the newspaper, and he has the same paper, so he now knows which case Sam was working. Uh, at the coroner, Sam confirms that the pituitary gland is missing, which is what Katsune's eat, and we get like a nice back and forth of current and past Sam working on this case, which is really good. Uh, past Sam sees a girl his age in the library. He passes on some info to Dean, namely that you have to stab a Kitsune in the heart to kill it, and asks, how do you talk to girls? Uh, so we cut to him walking up to this girl to say hi, but she says she's not supposed to talk to boys. Outside the library, some boys start harassing her, and Sam beats them up for her, and she says, my name is Amy. Uh, in the present, Sam follows a woman who is following a man, and he spins her to face him, sees she has a familiar necklace, and says, hi, Amy. Commercial break. <laughs> Um, Sam is mad that she's killing people, presumably again. Uh, Amy insists that this isn't what he thinks. She has a normal life, which means two cats and a mortgage and the same job for six years. Um, back in 1998, sorry, the cuts back and forth. It's better when you're not trying to fast forward through it. Uh, in 1998, she cleans young Sam's minor injuries from the fight and grabs soda from a fridge full of brains. They bond over having parents who travel a lot and over feeling like freaks. And then they kiss. This is probably Sam's first kiss. Um, in the present, Sam tells Amy that she killed three people this week and she says she had to and they have a little tussle. Um, Dean, meanwhile, finds out that this is a Katsune case. He catches Bobby up to speed. He goes after Sam. Sam shows up at Amy's house because he snags a receipt from her pocket during their fight. Her name is Amy Pond. Um, she's Uh. trying to pack, but he notices fresh blood on her hands and she says that he knows her. She, she knows, he knows she's not like this, but she can't tell him why she needed to kill. Um, back to 1998, Sam spills his soda and Amy freaks out about how mad, how mad her mom will be. Sam says his dad has a scary temper too when he's drinking and I smashed my head through a wall. Amy says mm-hmm. that she's scared she's not a good person, but Sam tells her that she is and neither of them want to be like their parents. Current Sam has Amy at knife point, so she shows him that she has a son. She's been working as a mortician so she can feed on the dead, which is risky, and Jacob got sick from it. So she's been killing only to get him back to health, and it worked, so he's well now. It should be over. Amy says they can both walk away. 1998, Amy pushes Sam into the closet as her mom comes home. Her mom says they're leaving. A couple of pros and an Impala caught up to them. Uh, Amy stops her from opening the closet by volunteering to pack, and so the mom, like, heads out for a bit. Sam knows now that Amy and her mom are the monsters that his family has been hunting, but neither of them want to kill each other, so Amy says, just run. Present Sam opens his motel door and gets knocked out by Dean, who's super mad that he stole the car and ran away. Um, Sam says that he had a case and took care of it, and Dean's like, okay, well, where's the body? And Sam says, well, I let her go. Dean does not take this well. Uh, this is because, in 1988, Amy's mom caught Sam, but she Because she got suspicious when Amy didn't complain about having to leave, Amy says Sam's her friend, her mom says she can't have friends, and hits her. Um, She's about to kill Sam when Amy stabs her from behind and kills her instead. Current Dean says, you never told me that. So it's a nice role reversal from season one where every single episode Sam was like, wow, a revelation about our past. Anyway, (laughs) Sam says, can you imagine what dad would have done? Dean says, well, now she's killing people, so we have to kill her, but Sam doesn't think it's that simple. Young Amy wanted Sam to run away with her. He said he couldn't. 
Now Sam tells Dean he knows Dean thinks that he's a freak, but that doesn't make him dangerous. He explains Amy's situation, asks Dean to trust him, and Dean says okay. But as they check into their next motel, Dean pretends that he has to get a refill of his prescription and goes to Amy's house. He says no matter how hard she tries, the other shoe will drop, and he fucking kills her. Jacob, the kid, is at the door, and Dean says if he ever kills anyone, Dean will come back for him. Um, Jacob says, the only person I'm going to kill is you. And Dean says, all right, give it a few years if I make it that long. And then he leaves. In the closing scene, a Leviathan, sorry, the Leviathan who was tracking the boys eats the grocery store guy with nacho cheese. The end. <laughs> that is, that, that, that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, very interesting note so, to leave on. <laughs> you go. I hate this last scene. I mean, not the cheese scene, although that was like silly goofy i i think this is like the worst I'm, characterization of dean imaginable I'm, and i hate i'm andrew so dab. excited to talk about this i'm so i think excited to i talk think andrew dab because understands the sam and john dynamic but he has a tendency to turn dean into john and it's been like five years since john died like dean is not a, D- a john clone why are you making him act like this um i don't think dean would ever do this to a kid i like mm-hmm I think making Dean into some other kids as Azel and then just like leaving that there could be cool, but it's instead comes off as like bad. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Like narratively, it fucks, but characterization wise, he simply would not do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you sorry. think he would have done that? Okay, I was like, I wanted to talk about Kitsune first, but fine, you know what? Let's do this. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's beyond the pale for him to kill Amy. Like, that feels very Dean to me. We've seen this over and over again. I think, he, yeah, okay. I do think he could, being... he probably would have killed Amy. I think that it, it sucks and it was a bad choice, but I don't think it was like out of the realm of Dean choices to make because he does mm-hmm. make bad choices. I think threatening a child is not consistent with what we know Dean to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I think yeah, he does. I, I agree with that with because enough. he was, he, because, yeah, and we saw this also, like, we can, we can, pull on the text with the baby shifter for example mm-hmm. of him mm-hmm. and obviously that was a baby not a like 10 year old child but nevertheless um he was despite it being a monster uh he was less um he was less of a hardliner about its destiny yeah. like we've seen this well, question and- with you know the rougarou unborn mm-hmm. child um, Even with or, the vampires with, in Bloodlust. Uh, what was his name? The, the Antichrist baby. Not baby. Also a child. Yeah, that, I mean, Dean uh, wanted for the to record, kill the they let that guy get away. Episode. I mean, yeah, he, they wanted to kill him. but Well, wanted is a strong word. But they did let him get away. They weren't like, and now we have to go hunt him down mm-hmm. because he can't be out there by himself. Yeah, and Dean wanted to kill the, the vampires, but when Sam, if I'm remembering the episode correctly, when Sam, like, stuck his... Yes. Put down. Dean backed his play. Well, yes. I I don't think if if Sam had been anywhere near nearby or like yeah he wouldn't have done it. But I think like without Sam, like Sam in in a lot of ways is like Dean's conscience when it comes to mm-hmm. like the things that normally mm-hmm. like he, he it has has been like hard line drilled into him like morally speaking. Like, to him, killing this woman who will likely kill again, according to him, um, is better than letting other people, like, than not having been the one to potentially save future people who will be killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think what really 
like Dean would pull like the what, lever in the trolley problem. Yeah, like I think what Emma was saying about like it's not beyond the pale for Dean to do that. I agree. I think what the problem really is is that Dean doesn't wrangle with the well, first of all, the trauma that he has inflicted on this literal child. Mm -hmm. And also the way that he is continuing this cycle, which he has seen over yes. and over and over again, how violently it comes to an end and how much it screws people up. And the fact that he didn't, like... I'm not even necessarily mad that Jacob saw him. I'm upset that he didn't... He just kind of, like... He was just so flat about it. Yeah, he just he wasn't like the, upset that the tough guy... So yeah, exactly. He's not like, he oh doesn't... shit, I didn't mean for you to see this. He's just like, hey, have you ever killed anybody? Like, what the fuck? You you have yeah. her, your his mom's dead body on the floor, and you're threatening him right now. Yeah, like you absolutely no sympathy for this literal child, and it's like if you're going to, like, it's just crazy how it's like the line stops like when they're old enough to vote. <laughs> yeah. So long as the chi the literal child. So you're saying if he had killed somebody, you would have killed him, Dean? Like, hello? Yeah. It's just, the, it's a really big, like, it's a really big character decision that we're not given enough of Dean's interiority on it mm -hmm. until afterwards. And then it's just guilt. And it's guilt about going behind Sam's back. It's not guilt about mm -hmm. murdering someone and traumatizing a child for life and doing the exact same thing that John and Azazel did to him and Sam. Like, Yeah, this feels a little bit like uh, this would be... I would love this if it mattered at all. Mm -hmm. Like, if this was well, what the story was about. Oh, uh, maybe it will. I don't know. But what I more mean is that, like, if this was a, if this was, like, a book trilogy or whatever, and, like, this is the thing that happened at the end of the, like, first book, and there was, like, a time skip or whatever, like, I don't know. I'm just saying, if it was a more focused story, and this was mm -hmm. an event, yeah. this could be a really good um, turning point on the thing that we've talked about this whole time about, like, monsters as people, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. and, like, hunters yeah. as being as bad or like just being vicious killers but the show never frames them that way and so the show for once framing them that way i liked but it's never going to matter like it's an interesting story in a microcosm but in the macrocosm it is deeply annoying that's that's why i wrote in the in our chat after i watched the episode i don't know if this episode sucked or ruled exactly yeah because like on its own i think it's a good story mm -hmm. and i think it's like it's a good, I like, I am not against the idea of Dean doing something, like, unforgivable, necessarily, if it's in character for him. And like we're talking about, it is kind of in character for him, but it's also kind of not. But also, this comes into something that um, a lot of the fandom talks about, is because the show went on for so fucking long... Mm. This isn't even the worst thing Dean is going to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure. It's not I'm even sure. the worst thing one of the Winchesters is going to do this season. Like, yeah, like, the, it's, yeah. and, and I don't remember, I don't remember if San finds out. I assume he does because that's yeah. the type of story. I this know is. something about this season. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but like, so it's going to be like, you know, a tantrum for a couple of episodes they're going to you know beat each other up sam's going to leave and then they're going to be brought back together by 
you know the the plot of the season or whatever exactly and, that's and my by, issue like it seems like this yeah. decision is not rooted in like what would this character do it's rooted in the narrative um what does the mm-hmm. plot need them to do what is the theme ask them to do so like dean's insistence on like the other shoe is gonna drop um like i think that is an effective use of the theme in this episode where he's like waiting on sam mm-hmm. to turn he's waiting on everything to go the way he expects it to go and therefore because there's no other option there's only eventuality then he has to kill amy which is like I think that's effective use of theme, but it's not effective use of character, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, it's literally just the narrative driving them to do things. Yeah, and it's like... Story. Yeah, and it's like the... I don't know. It's just... Because we know by the middle of season eight, this isn't going to matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, for example, <laughs> like, I checked Jacob's wiki page, and yeah, he does not come back. There's no, possibly, back. like, it's the trivia section says, like, something, like, some of this narrative thread might be taken over by a different character in a later season, um, even though Jacob himself oh, doesn't yeah. come back, um, which is, like, disappointing. I don't know why they did that, um, but I guess they we'll find out. didn't do very out. well then, either. Yeah, but... <sighs> whatever so we'll see as we progress through the season what does happen when sam does find out um Uh but it's just it didn't have to happen you know so it's frustrating and i think that frustration drives me to say it shouldn't have happened even though if if handled better it could have been you know Yeah. yeah in some ways i wonder like it, it saying it shouldn't have happened is sort of a like can be expanded out to being like should the show have even kept going because <laughs> like i yeah. agree with you but also like what do we what would we want out of this show if it has to keep going other than it taking some amount of swings like this is the most interesting episode i've seen in a while as a as an individual episode to watch like yeah, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's not even that that bothers me personally. It's it's the fact that the the show doesn't spend any time with Dean's internality and his yes. guilt is literally just about going behind Sam's back. It's not doesn't have anything to do with Jacob. He's there for a moment to have that like ooh to set that plate spinning and be like, "Oh, fellas, look, the cycles." But Dean doesn't ever struggle with that. Right, so yeah. we would want to say, like, me. this should be this should be the fulcrum of the season. Then is what yeah. the mm-hmm. argument like? I, okay, it should it should at least have like it should at least have something. Yeah, like, like if this was in season two, you know, if this actions. was back in early era, this would have tied into like the themes we were constantly poking at back in season one and two of mm-hmm. like the family and guilt and narrative and cycles and like it would have been so cool to have those things going but we don't have any time to focus on it because there's people that eat things like you know Mm -hmm. like even the last scene we have to cut back to the leviathan plot even though it's completely tonally jarring yeah and we have to do this really silly thing with the nacho fucking cheese and it's like that's yeah like a woman is dead (laughs) yeah it it it's such like a it's even for this show like, it is such a serious thing for Dean to do. Like, they kill yeah. monsters every day. Yeah, the not <laughs> Yeah, so they kill monsters every day, you know? They have to wrangle with, like, the moral reality that they find themselves in. But it's not... It's treated as a, as a one-off. In a way that's even more frustrating than the I believe our, the children are our future 
because like at least there it's like i can believe mm. that jesse just decided to remove himself from the narrative entirely he has that power here it's like aside from sam finding out and dean feeling guilty about sam eventually being mad at him like where is the where is the it's it's one-dimensional yeah to also me, like this in a way that i find out of character and frustrating i think my problem uh, like now i can try to articulate it is less that like he made this choice and more that it's treated mm -hmm. like the problem with this choice is that it was a betrayal of sam and not like a murder exactly <laughs> exactly like okay so and, like, you're like you're, you're, thing... you feel bad that you that you went behind sam's back and because it's a yeah. reflection of the fact that he doesn't trust sam and so the problem is like sam's gonna be mad that dean didn't trust him and not like sam's gonna be mad that you killed somebody in front of her child yeah yeah like even like even the I, murder itself, like, if he had killed Amy it and been, like, and gone behind Sam's back, like, that would be fine. But, like, I need Dean to to struggle with, A, the fact that he made that difficult choice to, one, orphan a child, uh, and, B, to kill somebody who was doing their best to live mm -hmm. without hurting people. And then... When he finds out that the kid actually, like, saw him do it and has vowed vengeance, like, D Dean does literally whatever he can to keep people out of the life. But because this child is a monster, um, you know, it doesn't matter if he comes back in ten years looking for revenge. Like, the ghouls who wanted revenge for their father, you know, that's revenge, that's bad. But for the Winchesters to non-stop constantly hunt Azazel, that's justice. And I know the show does, like, gray that a lot, but it's just, like, the the action itself is not held, uh, at, like, at the emotional front that it should, mm -hmm. and that's, and that's why it's frustrating. Yeah, um, and there's also, like, this uh, related issue of, like, the problem is that, the problem with killing Amy is that Sam cared about her, um, and not that Jacob cared about her, you know, like it's oh, all about sure. the specialist little boys. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. The, 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 the emotional, like, obviously the emotional fulcrum is always going to be Sam and Dean because they're the people that this show is about. Yeah. And my extremely like lukewarm counter like response to that is that it did make it, it, because of course the show has protagonists making the character who gets killed connect as one of the protagonists does make it more emotional. Yeah, no, I'm not mad like, that Amy is connected to Sam. I'm saying the problem is that we only look at that connection. You know, like the only reason yeah. it was bad for Dean to kill Amy is because yeah. like Sam asked him not to. Well, I don't I'm know. I'm exaggerating that's true. a little bit. I didn't I'm get simplifying that sense for effects, but I just think we don't spend yeah. enough time on the Jacob thing. If this was season two, exactly. Dean would have had a little breakdown in the Impala at the end of the episode, or when you know, whenever Sam found mm -hmm. out about it, Dean would have had a little breakdown, being like, "Oh." I Sam. mean, that's the thing. This I isn't know. Season I think two, it could have been a better season two episode. That's my problem. But I think that it would also lose something of I mean, the not trusting. Sam. You know what? Sam was being a little blood freak, weirdo, psychic guy in season two. Also, I think it could have been seamlessly. <laughs> smooshed into season two and yeah. I, I also think trying I... to fit it into the overall season plot or like trying to it's hard to write an episode like this and be like okay well we got to move on now because we have a season plot and like that's i think the problem is like they shot their load too early <laughs> oh God. that i most mm -hmm. agree with i don't really ever think about whether characters are out of character or not except potentially on a rewatch because that's just not 
how I really think about characters. I, I'm just like, okay, well, this is Dean now. Like, something's happened in him, or this is the direction that you're going with him now. If they revert that back, which they very may well, I don't know, I haven't seen the rest of the show, then, like, I, I would definitely see it from that perspective. But for me, I was like, oh, okay, so this is this is how he feels now. Like, is he so numb to everything that he's been doing over all this time that this is how he's going to react to a child a thing that we know matters mm -hmm. to him so i think i may have too much like uh you have too much uh, faith in andrew dab <laughs> not respect for the narrative is, no it's not even that it's just like that's how story focused yeah well no i'm still focused on the character it's just like when i'm watching something I'm like, okay, let's no, see where I'm this more goes. Like, you, you think and of characters less of as like, people with interiority and more as like vessels of the narrative, which is like not an accusation. That's like, it is, I mean, that, that is what they do. They're the same thing right, that's what I'm to saying. me. Like, instead of thinking like, well, Dean wouldn't feel that way. You're like, okay, this is how Dean feels because the story told me he does. Right, because Dean, yeah. Dean is the story. Like, do you, do you think they can make Dean feel however they want anyway, him to feel? Not looking forward right. to the one repercussion well, that comes of this. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, okay, so Kitsune. Oh. <laughs> um, Alright, so y'all play Pokemon. <laughs> y'all know about the Ninetale mm -hmm. Fox. Like, I don't even need to know if we super need to belabor this point. Uh, but there are some more interesting things here. Um, so first of all, uh, it goes without saying that there's nothing about them needing to eat brains. Aren't they literally live. just, like, like, fox spirits? Yes, so they are just foxes. Um, the, yeah, I think you need the Japanese word for fox. I believe so, yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's um, what I thought. <laughs> yes, no, it is, yes. So foxes in... Like Japanese folklore and in like Shinto and in, in the Shinto religion, um, are uh spirit are like animals that are also spirits because spirit is a is a word that doesn't translate properly. It doesn't. It's the closest possible thing, but it's not. It doesn't mean like things that don't exist in the world. Um, uh, yeah, foxes can turn into people. Um, they're, um. I guess to make a comparison to European mythology, they're much like fae in how they're uh, shown, uh, often like creatures of a different world who nevertheless are like often interested in humanity. Uh, there's lots of like sort of selkie style stories of Kitsune uh, taking human form and like marrying humans, but also like... Uh, still pining for their old life, etc. Uh, there's lots of stories about them deceiving people and eating them also. Uh, they're sort of... Um, th specifically, there are, like, often classified into, like, good and bad kitsune, um, the Zenko and the Yako, um, which the Yako aren't always bad, but often they're mischievous at the very least. Um, and they are directly uh, associated with um, Inari, who is a particularly uh, prolific uh, Shinto god uh, who is, like, a cool, like, gender-fluid fox god of, like, foxes, uh, rice, I believe, um, fertility, uh, tea, sake, agriculture, etc. Yeah. Uh, and prosperity and success. Uh, Inari's cool. Um, and as the god of foxes, uh, Kitsune are often venerated as, like, 
being sort of, you know, within their domain. Um, I should also note, uh, well, this is specifically about Kitsune, the myth of the nine-tailed fox and, like, uh, which, by the way, I guess if you don't know, uh, they live for a very long time. Every hundred years, they grow a new tail, and nine is the maximum, I guess. So if you see a fox with nine tails, they're, like, they're they're extremely ancient and wise and powerful, etc. Uh, but this myth is all over East Asia. This is not just Japanese. Uh, there's fox spirit myths in, like, I think literally every East Asian culture. Uh, so it's one of those cool, like, oh yeah, this is everywhere. Like, this is an old story. And while they do eat people, they don't specifically need brains to survive. Yeah. What is this, the third or fourth time Andrew Dabb has done something weird and weeable-ish? Yes, has taken, yes, yeah, exactly, that's the thing, like, they could, again, you can do interesting things with mythology, the show does not. Like, let's just name the thing and then fit it into the plot we want it to have, uh, and Andrew Dabb likes to, Dobb? Andrew Dabb <laughs> likes to do that in particular with, uh, Japanese mythology, which... Mm -hmm. He seems to have an aesthetic, like a surface level aesthetic enjoyment of, without uh -huh. ever actually caring about the intricacies. Yeah. Again, weeaboo. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. This. Uh, this continues to come up. There's at least one. Well, there's one more in season two, which we've already, or season eight, which we've already discussed, and then there's another one. Fucking like season twelve or something. But yeah, this is a a thing. Mm hmm. Um. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the themes of this episode. I don't know how much we need to go through it scene by scene unless they're, like, specifically, like, interesting things people want to point out. We do need to talk about uh, Sam and Amy's, like, their whole thing, because that's interesting yeah. and is the brunt of the episode, but um, I'd be Just fine going... with mostly talking about that. Yeah, we can... I can... I mean, I have some notes for other stuff, so we can probably... Yeah, I have, like, little notes about funny things that happen, but... Yeah. My first note is about the Leviathan taking over the hospital. Like, you know, sooner or later, someone would notice how many of this guy's patients are dying yeah. on the table. You're going to get your medical license revoked. Okay, and he'll eat whoever I don't think revoked I th it. What are you going to do about it? Somehow, I don't think that he cares. That's fair. Well, but they're like, this is how we can, like, fly under the radar. And it's like... Uh -huh. Well, you can just keep replacing people. whoever notices. You know, if, you if they want to revoke your license, okay, suddenly there's the a thing. Leviathan who is in charge of giving out licenses. Yeah, they're they're immune to bullets. Like I don't know. I feel like this is. I don't think they're, they're really worried about journalists in the Midwest. Yeah, like I don't think this is something that anyone can deal with. That well, yeah, doesn't and hunters know can't kill them. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I guess they really don't care. Yeah, and as we already know, there's no like Federal Bureau of Control or um what's or or like uh uh. X Files. What's the, what's the, or like BPRD or, well, the X-Files, they're like, they're like renegades. There's like a tiny, they're like the tiny little, like, yeah, but they're underfunded still part of the Bureau. Sure, 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 sure. I just mean like, there's no, like, big organization they're that can come in with, like, the silver bullet. Blade isn't gonna show up. <laughs> <laughs> like, the boys are the only people who can solve this problem. With a little help from their friends. Speaking of which, I, I, we watched, Ash and I watched Blade. Oh um, my god. On cinema. Friday. That movie is cinema. <laughs> that movie owns. Oh, it's so fucking good. <laughs> um, 
Okay. There was so, something so... in the water in the nineties, man. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> Speaking of anime. <laughs> yeah. Um, Z- Dean being zonked out on morphine is very good. Mm-hmm. He's such yeah. a cutie pie. He's so cute. Is Immediately the way he, like, falling on his of, face. Yes. Ripping out his IV falls like a into bed and like looks at his cast as like that's not supposed to be there. Almost oh, broke my leg. <laughs> He's just yeah, a little baby guy. He's so cute. And then Dean, Bobby gives him guy. like his little cheek pat, and then hmm. yeah, I, I, his dad. Yeah, we're in mortal danger, but that's his dad. Yeah. Also, I guess we should point out this is the show doing its thing again. It, it's like very soap opera style, like setting things up with a big cliffhanger and then that not mattering at all. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah they just Bobby get out just in the cold them, open. Fine. <laughs> yeah, that's not even what this episode is about. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is, this is, um, this episode is directed by Jensen Ackles, and I think for the most part he did a mm-hmm. good job. Um, it mm-hmm. is very funny to me that, like, it's <laughs> going to take so much explaining. There's, like, cutting back and forth between Dean trying to use his crutches to get out of the hospital and Bobby taking Sam's gurney out of the hospital, right? Um, and the pacing between the shots is, like funny because dean has to move so slowly because he's not used to walking with crutches and bobby's like sprinting with a stretcher um which is like you look so suspicious bobby why don't you just walk but um there's like a tiktok audio that i don't even like know half the words to so this is going to be incomprehensible but there was like part of it is like i'm spinning like a ballerina and then it like cuts to somebody like singing way faster like (laughs) And that's exactly the vibe of these <laughs> shots. And I am sorry to anybody who has no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. I shrug. Um, I was trying to see if I could find any comments from him about this episode. Um, like about if he has any opinions on like his character and the decision that Dean made in this episode. But I can't find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then we, then we see him, we, like, cut to them being safe, uh, and, yes, he is watching a telenovela. It's such a weird, it's, it's such a weird scene, I don't know why it's here. It's funny. Like, Dean is, is utterly enraptured in the way that we know he is in, like, soap operas. But I do kind of like that he's watching this without subtitles, mm-hmm. like. He's getting it. Um, he's, I found he's the audio. The it'll emotion be, it'll be of what's happening. Okay, cool. I had the order backwards, but <laughs> that that like that. There's no other way to describe that sound other than the way I said it. Um, this is Rufus's so, yeah, cabin, but... which makes me yes, yes. Fellas, emotional. is it gay to know where your ex's safe house is? <laughs> oh. Dean calls Sam two legs when he sends him to get stuff. Um, wait, wait, I, I wanted to, I was talking about the scene of Bobby walks in and Dean like looks over and he's like, dude, Ricardo. And Bobby goes, what happened? And Dean goes, suicidio. And Bobby goes, adios, essay. And they, it's, they like oh look boy. at the, look at the screen for a second. And like, yeah, the transcript this, it's like they pay this guy their it. respects. Yeah, he is. Like you can just look at his face. Mm-hmm. I like that Bobby doesn't, like, really make fun of him. Like, he does a little bit of, like, saying it in Spanish. Um, but, like, I don't know. It's fun. I like it. They're they're getting into their television programs. Yeah. 
I guess it's mostly, like, here to be like, okay, well, like, late night TV, what's on? Yeah. The the experience of being zonked and just, like, channel surfing and then getting weirdly into something. Um. So as I started to say, Dean sends Sam to get food and calls him two legs, which is because he does not have a leg in a cast the way Dean yes. does. But um, Warrior Cats fam Dean. Oh. <laughs> what the... I'm fucking killing you with my hands. <laughs> um, for anyone who did not read Warrior Cats, two legs is what they call humans. <sighs> I tried to read sorry, Warrior I'm Cats. Sorry, I'm sorry I interrupted your joke. I thought you were trying to move on to the grocery shopping scene. No, no. Um, I will point out that Dean asks for pie, and uh, Sam's like, obviously. Sam okay, well, the last time he sent you to get pie, you never came back because you got kidnapped for the Hunger Games. <laughs> so he didn't even get and his pie. And this time he doesn't even bring out the fucking pie! He brings cake! He, and he's like, it's the same thing, right? You know it's not, Samuel! <laughs> I'm angry on Dean's behalf. <laughs> I'd be pissed um, as hell if, if I asked someone to get me pie from the store and they came back with fucking cake. It's true. Pie is not cake. Cake is inferior. I disagree with that, but yeah. they are very I different. would be mad if I asked for cake and you came back with pie. Yeah. That's not what I, I asked for. A, I gotta be in the mood for cake. It's so sweet. Mm. Oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, I want cake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, while Sam is out, Dean and Bobby have a little talk. Um, yeah, we I get really... some like, hey, don't yeah. forget that Sam's brain is borked. <laughs> I really like what Bobby says here. He says, look, seems to me that Sam's head ain't no different from, than your leg. People heal on a curve. Yes. Yeah. So I true. did like that. Uh, but then Dean says it's not a curve. He, he's not a curve. He's a time bomb. Dean is a jerk. Yeah, he has no faith in his brother. I mean, to be fair, he does, He like he says the other shoe is going to drop. It's a matter of when. If going on like historical precedent, he's not wrong. No, yeah. This is Dean's like hunter paranoia. This is Dean's thing. But yeah. Hunter Paranoia is what keeps there's... hunters alive. So, like, yeah. it's completely reasonable there's... as a survival tactic. Yeah. There's always something else coming. Whatever small, like, bit of peace you manage to cling on to by your fingernails. So there's always something that's going to come and rip it away from you. Wow. And Dean is Dean is, uh, calcified that <laughs> so that he does not get traumatized more. Also, Dean is wearing yeah. jeans with his cast on. He wasn't wearing jeans at the hospital when they put the cast on. So did he cut the leg off a jean? Like cut open his entire jean? Like, what did he do? Oh yeah, the yeah the jeans are underneath the cast. It's very silly. Hmm. Jensen, tell us tell us your secrets. Um, okay, so we get Sam getting caught on the credit card. Uh, the Leviathan infiltrating, like, credit card customer service is extremely funny. I think it's good. Mm -hmm. I'm confused how they know that this name is him. Like, why would they have that list? Who did they, they get that Well, yeah, they no saw idea. everything through Cass's eyes. Cass doesn't so know their credit assume, card aliases. I would assume that at least some of them Cass knows. Maybe. But not all of them. They say all the aliases we have on them. So it yeah. would probably be any that are within the, like, criminal justice system because they were wanted by the FBI once upon a time. Well, Sam shouldn't use that alias, then. That's on Sam. Yeah, yeah Well, I would I imagine they ditched I the think... ones that the FBI knew about, but was not thinking about, like, the ones Cass knew about. Yeah. I like... I don't know how they do what they do. I miss Cass. Broadly, 
I think the point of this is like it doesn't matter how they found it. The the thing that this is trying to convey is like they have infiltrated yeah. like society to the point where mm-hmm. they were able to find this information, whatever way they were able to do it. Shrug. Um, and I kind of like that. Like that that does make them scary and different than villains we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like oh, I'm like w- w- wobbly yeah, hands on the lines at this point. Jobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of neat. That's it's hostile takeover. Um, I guess maybe not hostile, passive takeover, covert takeover. Yeah, because like demons have never like been as interested in, except for that one, except for when they have a particular plan, like the pharmaceutical demons, I guess. So we have kind of seen this before, but like they haven't really been like sleeper, not sleeper agents, but like deeply embedded in this Mm -hmm. same way. The demons were never, uh, sorry, I was about to spoil something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the demons were never taking over hospitals and strategically mm-hmm. planting themselves. Yes, exactly. Uh, Un- unless cause, cause another were... smarter demon was telling them to. Exactly, exactly. I think this is the main thing. Is like the the point of demons is they are either um, they either fly solo or particularly glom around one specific like figurehead or not even mm-hmm. no, like one specific boss. Um, that can like order them around, tell them to do things, etc. But like and the these Leviathan guys are... do have a boss, but like they don't, they're not just taking orders from him. The boss is like giving them a directive, and they are being trusted to make yeah. their own plans. They're almost, they're not like fully a hive mind, but they're more mm-hmm. synchronized than other mm-hmm. villains we've seen before, and that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what's next? Here? My next notes are on the 1998 flashback. Yeah, it's like I think it's time to start talking about the flashback. I think it's so yeah, cute that Sam calls him Uncle Bobby. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Also, another callback to the fact that Bobby speaks Japanese. He doesn't yes. send them any books on the Kitsune in English. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's cute. Um, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I bet most of the better information is in Japanese because, like, a lot of the unfortunately, when I was trying to do my like primary sources thing for this folklore corner, most of the primary sources, like Wikipedia sites, are in Japanese. So I'm like, well, yeah. okay, I, I guess I just have to take your word for it. It was a well, it's a well cited article though. So, um, I like the way this phone call happens where we don't see Dean or John. We don't hear any of the things that they're saying, um, but we can tell the conversation. You know how TV conversations on the phone work. I don't yes. know why I'm explaining this, but I think this is a really good one. Mm-hmm. And it's it does it without being like it. It feels more natural because a lot of the time when when you have a one sided conversation, yeah, you end the up person repeating has to talk in a it. really yeah yeah and the, the person has to talk in a really unnatural way so that we get enough context. This does not do that so much. Yeah, and of course, the part that makes me scream, uh, where Sam goes, "No, don't, don't put him on the phone." Hi, Dad. Yes, sir. Oh yeah. He didn't even want to fucking talk to him. Also, speaking of CinemaSins ding, <laughs> Cinema <Sins> dings, <laughs> uh, Baby Sam is sitting in the rain on a bench without like, like just wearing like a jean jacket. Uh, is perfectly dry. How dare yeah, he? Well. I just thought that was kind of funny. Like, you didn't have to make it raining. That's actually one of his blood freak powers. Yeah, fair So enough. true. He's using his, like, psychic powers to project. Everybody knows umbrellas are getting. He's like, he's like Blade, but only him. with water. <laughs> Hold on. When 
did Sam go to college? Like, what year was that? Do we know how old uh, he was? Um, I think it was, like, right after he turned 18, right? So then he's about three years out. Wow. This yeah. Sam does not look 15. Well, maybe he yeah, does. He I don't know what, what children look like anymore. Um, alright, so, back in the, back in the present, um, also, I, <laughs> I should just say. I was so I, stupid. I was like, okay, well, how old was Colin Ford then? Um, and so I looked up Colin <sighs> Ford age, and right now he's 26, and underneath that it says he was born in 1996, and I was like, that doesn't make sense, how could he be in 1996? Hello? He's not actually in 1998 to film this! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do it based on his age when they filmed this. That's what I was trying to do, yes. But I got distracted by being dumb. Yes, anyway, he was funny. 15 at this time. Okay. Um. All right. So, yeah. Sam sneaks back to get the keys. I like that Dean's got, like, a horror movie on now. Um. And then we get this scene where... Okay. So, the the drug dealer that gets got gets got in the funniest way possible. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, Wee. it's a it's a shot of him like walking away, and we see him in the distance. And from behind, he's in this like skate park. And Which from is a good behind, set. yes, it is. Uh, from behind one of the like uh uh skatey thingies, we just see like the silhouette of a person just dash out at full tilt, tackle him to the ground, and then there's just like a blood explosion. <laughs> Up into the air. It is so much blood. It is flying out at such high it's speed. So yeah, it's a very silly I had to rewatch it like three times to be like, wait, what just happened? Oh, it's and I could tell what happened, but we watched it three times anyway. Because <laughs> it's so funny to look at. My notes for the scene just say LMAO because of that death scene. Yeah, so like, she does kill people. Yeah, she did kill people. Yeah. Um, and there is supposed, I think there's supposed to be an undercurrent of like, but she only kills people who no one would miss type of thing where yeah. it's a drug dealer who yeah. was trying to extort his customer into sex work. Uh -huh. Um, so Which, like, but, like, he still deserves to be great. alive, you know, like it's, I, I'm not yeah. agreeing with their classification yeah. of low life here. Yeah. The systemic like assignment of who is, who is more worth living. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, I mean, if, if I a... had to eat people to live, yeah. I would probably also target guys who tried to manipulate people into se sex work. Yeah. But I would also, I would also do like billionaires. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you'd have to go do that. You're like, you're, she doesn't seem to have any powers other than like sharp nails. I think she can run fast. Yeah. Like I got bad news about how easy it is to assassinate and eat billionaires. I know. I know. But. Yeah, like so on a on an individual level, like it doesn't bother me so much. But the way the show frames it is, is yeah. the systemic side, and that's the problem. Yeah, of course. That's just like yeah. I mean, media exists in the world. If your idea is you make a monster that eats people, but is also nice, who are they gonna eat? You have to make decisions there about something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. So Dean wakes up, finds the note, and just says "other shoe," um, which I already said that I like. Um, I also really like the way Bobby's like, just until you get your cast off, immediately cuts to Dean cutting it off. Like, that's so funny. Mm -hmm. Yes. It doesn't... Dean, it, it, like, is a D&D &D adventurer. He heals so fast. He's only, like, four days off from getting it off. Yeah. 
but like you should not be taking this it doesn't off seem early. To affect him at all. He like limps one time to prove that he shouldn't have done that, and then it was never addressed again. It's yep. fine. His bones are so so magical. He has been healed a lot. I'm willing to say it's a leftover grace effect. That's true. Cass still watching over him. Um, the police officer that Sam talks to about this murder um, calls this guy a real mensch. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this guy before um, because this is um, the guy who played um, Mr. Hellhouse in season one. Huh. Oh, so true. Yes. Uh, he was also a spirit in faith. Um, Mr. Stage Combat is back. So true. Um, yeah, so just a little, 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 not even a cameo because no, who, no one's going to recognize him, but it's fun that he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Dean goes to try to find Sam and is like, hey, did a real tall guy come in here? Yeah. Like about yay high, is like way above his head. I think this is the scene I'll... where it like this is the bit that gets contrasted to when Dean is later asking about like, hey, have you seen casts about this big? And it's like <laughs> to his chest, like that's not Castiel's size. <laughs> He's Dean is really in Dean lives in a fun there. house mirror. Um. Also, did you, did you guys uh, peep this guy's shirt? No, no. What should I have peeped? He's wearing a shirt? Batman under the red hood shirt, the the film oh. that, in which Jensen Ackles played Jason Todd. Oh, oh, that's so fun! Yeah, I thought that was really cute. That's so great! I love that. Uh, we got more investigating. Uh, fun like parallels between Sam investigating. Oh wait, wait, wait! Go back. And um, speaking of fun little Jackals cameos, the thing that dean has on the tv when sam sneaks out says my bloodiest valentine jensen was in my oh. bloody valentine which is of course what the episode is right after. right right oh i love that <laughs> jackal's directing was like i'm going to be so self-promotional <laughs> <laughs> um i really like this scene where sam is at the library because it's like oh yeah they've been making him do this for like almost a decade like for for he has been the research boy for so long yeah more than a decade and he's he's good at it as a kid too i like that like through line for him yeah little nerd and also like the through line also for like him wanting to be a lawyer right because lawyers have to do like a crap ton of like research and studying and book learning etc to to understand the byzantine nature of the law <laughs> mm -hmm. is it not byzantine i don't know i've always, always pronounced I think it byzantine. It's, heard it as byzantine. it's probably byzantine. byzantine diversity win the law is by byzantine <laughs> um i think it's very cute that sam asks how do you talk to girls He's just a yeah. little guy also he gets a he gets a like extremely caffeinated uh coffee order mm -hmm. yeah the barista is like Alrighty. okay <laughs> also Remember I... when people said that drinking caffeine as a child would stunt your growth it did not work on sam <laughs> no it didn't work on me either i started my my like go-to thing as a teenager when people are like drinking coffee i'm like yeah i'm trying to stunt my growth i'm too tall already <laughs> that's fair oh i did that with the like stepping over people's legs thing which is obviously more of a superstition than the caffeine thing. But, uh -huh. like, if you were sitting on the stairs, people would be like, move, I don't want to step over I you. I feel like they're both like, equally... Tall enough. What? Okay, I've never heard that. I, it might be, like, a Jewish thing. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't think I've heard it either, but I like it. Um, also, I like that, speaking of liking things, I like this barista and his, like, huge head of fluffy hair that's, like, sticking out so from his barista true. hat. Oh, it might it's be a Russian thing. background character. It's, like, a Jewish or a Russian thing. Uh, um, and then, yeah, Sam sees, Sam sees cute girl in library and is like, Dean, help. <laughs> yeah. Help. What do? There's something so sad about this, and we talked about this before, um... With like them being on the on the on the move, but um, yeah, it's so sad that they don't get to be ordinary kids. That like <laughs> Sam gets like uh, an instant crush and is like, well, I'd like to pursue this, but also like I know this is never going to go anywhere because I have to leave. Yeah. It's like I cannot do teenage boy things. I'm stuck like forever being. He's waiting like, for his jazz. Wanting to, yeah. I miss you, jazz. Yeah. You deserved better, Jess. Um, in Amy's house, unless you have something before then, I think the brain fridges is hilariously funny. It's so funny. <laughs> we get a shot oh. from inside the fridge as Amy pushes past to get the soda. Um, that's so much brain. No wonder the Winchesters came out for you guys. Like, how many people? Uh -huh. How many brains do you need to eat? How regularly do you need to eat that you have like three brains in your fridge at all times? How regularly do you need to eat? I am not a fox spirit, so I don't think that it's applicable. Hmm. <laughs> um, before that, I did actually want to talk about, like, uh, young Amy is so sad. Like, I, I do mm. really think this, like, um, comparison between them, the way they're mirrors of each other and the way that we often used to talk about mirrors is mm -hmm. really good. Uh, and there's, we'll dig more into that later, but, like, her sort of, like, pushing him away because she lives the same kind of life he does. Uh, and obviously, uh, she also has an abusive mother that is like, no, you're not, like, you are explicitly not allowed to talk to anybody or make any friends. But it's still very much like they're, they're on two sides of the same mm -hmm. coin here mm -hmm. of the way they've been raised. And then also she bonds with him over, like, the whole freak thing. Yeah. Yeah, the like him saving her from the bullies is a bit like 90s like teenage rom-com uh -huh. for me. I was like it was fine whatever. I guess it's there more so to show him being like a weirdo for being able to fight like this. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I mean they needed something for they needed something to connect them because yeah. otherwise they would And this way we can have other, a little but... patching up his wounds scene, which is always It's cute. It is cute. Yeah, so I don't mind it. It's just it's just kind of cliche. But I guess you kind of got to work with cliches if you're tell, trying to tell a story in 40 minutes. Yeah. Oh, there's a line in here about how... Let me find it. Here. Sam likes the music that she's playing, right? He says, my dad doesn't listen to anything recorded after 1979. Um, yes. In season 14, a different character says that Dean says anything after 1979 sucks. Interesting that it was literally the same exact year. Smiley face. That one was that other episode in season fourteen is not written by Deb, but it is during Deb's um, showrunner era, so it could be a coincidence. But it's a very convenient one for me, specifically to go insane mm -hmm. to. Yeah, parallelograms. I'm thinking about Jack. They listen to eighties music in this show. Well, Dean is a hypocrite, so it doesn't matter if he says something sucks; he can still listen to it. 
That's true. Dean loves Taylor Swift. Does he? I don't think it's been made canon yet. Okay. Hold on a second. <laughs> yet. <laughs> I am 95% sure that at one point they they confirmed that Dean is a, a, a low-key Swifty. I think so. It sounds okay. familiar, Any but I'm going to Anyway. Check. Um, I love Sam's horrible lie of like, she's like, why can you fight like that? And he's like, oh, you know, I watch a lot of Bruce Lee movies. Oh, okay. You hold on. Hold on. In, in season 10, Dean says that he liked a Taylor Swift song, but I can't, I don't know what else is happening in this episode. So I won't okay. make that a judgment about him all the time until we get to season I think 10. at one point, maybe it's not Taylor Swift, but I think at one point he's listening to that like Romo pop thing. At one point, I don't know though. That might just be me making it up in my head. Oh, uh, there's a there's a. I'm annoyed now. I'm not gonna find this, but there's like someone else. This comes up in a there's like a movie or something where a character is like, oh yeah, I watched a lot of martial arts movies or something, or like learned mm. to do martial arts by watching movies, and I can't remember. That sounds familiar to me yeah. too. So now I'm wondering if it was a movie we watched together. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. It doesn't super matter, but... um, I guess if you haven't seen this episode, the way they cut back and forth um, as we build up uh, towards this is really good. Um, because Sam meets Amy in the, uh, in the present uh, before, uh, we get the scene that we just talked about of, like, them being at their house, um, and the, uh, the way they do it is the necklace, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that she wears in the past is still wearing in the present, um, and just the, the way it intercuts as we build towards, like, them Yeah, there's a couple of really good fun. shots of transition where, um, for example, yeah. like good, good directing, little, Jensen. Yeah, Eccles. little Sam like shoulders his backpack to go to the library, and then we cut to the present where Sam is holding a backpack as he's about to steal the keys. Like it's mwah. Mm. That's my boy. Yeah, that's that's editing, not directing, but uh, they presumably planned around that. It was beautiful. Um, in Amy's adult house, <laughs> Sam is just fucking standing there over her shoulder. <laughs> Um, I guess I also need to say to address the elephant in the room, it's Kaylee! Kaylee's here! She sounds exactly like she does in Firefly. Yeah. Uh, I immediately was like, it's my friend! Yeah. Eagle-eared listeners will remember that last time I said Wyatt was gonna recognize her, so yes. I'm patting myself on the back. She has a very distinctive voice. Although she does look- I, I was- there's something uncanny about her having blonde hair. <laughs> Uh, I I think this is fun because this is the uh this is the second time that they've uh gotten a beloved character from a Joss Whedon show to play a sympathetic monster. If I had a nickel. Yeah, yeah, like it's weird that it happened twice. It's a shame Crowley it's not wasn't even in from this the episode. same Joss Whedon show. Yes. So yeah, a little Firefly reunion. Speaking of other media properties, her name is Amy Pond. And Sam was like, oh, cute name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, had, had Amy Pond happened yet? Let me see. I mean, this was in 2011, right? Season uh, five of Doctor Who aired in 2011. Let's see. Doctor um, first Who episode. episode. First, uh, first appearance. Yeah, the 11th hour, 2010. Yeah. 2010. Damn. Supernatural really just stole her name, huh? 
Imagine if if imagine the chaos in the Super Hulock fandom if Sam oh, yeah. had said, "Oh, that's like a name out of a fairy tale." <laughs> uh, so yes, brain fridge. We're caught up. Um... Well, the, hold on. This is the bit where um, there was that old Tumblr post that was like, "I bet Supernatural doesn't have a gif for this, right?" And it was oh. someone says like the prompt Doctor Who. And so the, this Jeff of Sam going, Amy Pond's a cute name. Ah, mm-hmm. of course. What song is the? Oh, this is uh, uh, this is the Goo Goo Dolls. Two days in February. Because they couldn't afford the only Goo Goo Dolls song that everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they bond. Um, it's cute. They have chemistry. That's it's good. Mm-hmm. She tries um, to like downplay how bad her mom is, and Sam immediately clocks it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I mean, that's the main thing I wanted to talk about is like the parallels between her mom and John. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. that is probably like the best writing in this episode. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The oh right, right. This is my particular note. The like. Uh. There's, there's something here about like, the way. Uh, they keep talking and they keep finding things in common that I think like is sweet if you're going to do like a like uh, if not love at first sight a like crush on first sight style mm-hmm. story because I think that works better than just like oh you're oh they're both hot like they both think each other are hot or whatever like mm-hmm. it's sweet watching them like excitedly bond over having kind of similar lives like the the biggest ball of twine and being like I've seen yeah, it twice yeah. and her saying three times. It's not that big, right? And then they both laugh. It's so cute. Yeah. Literally. And then they do a... This is kind of cliche, but also as an autistic kid, I took solace in this as well of her being like, yeah, you're a freak, but like Jimi Hendrix and Picasso were freaks. I'm a freak. Cool people are freaks. It's very 15 years old. Yes, it is extremely 15 years old. Uh, But then we cut to them in the present and this much colder conversation that's really good because like he's he's realized that she's the one killing people and it's sad for him but also he's got to do the hunter thing Mm -hmm. uh they do a little fight um so yeah they fight there's like you know expositiony stuff um and then yeah like he finds he goes after her and finds her in her house um so yeah, in her house, they talk about, you know, the fact that she kills people. And it's, there is God something... God women do anything. <laughs> this is interesting. Like, her, the the fact that she has to be a, like, upright member of society, like, a member of the PTA, etc., um, is kind of, eh, to me, of, like, I guess it's just shorthand for her to be, for it to be, like, She's a normal person. Mm-hmm. See, I see it more. I see it more as like this is her. Like in the same way that Sam tried so hard to get out of the life and be normal, you know, going to college, um, you know, having a girlfriend, going to college parties, things like that. Like this yeah. is her trying. You know what? To... Okay, you know what? That's true. Yeah, this like, is her Jess like and Lisa era. Yeah. yeah. Right. I. Hmm. So this is. Because, like, do morticians move around that much? No, she's been staying I'm in the curious. city. She has a mortgage. Yeah, but, like, has she been... Yeah, I, it's it's curious that she hasn't been caught 
or like that that no one's ever noticed that like bits of brain like that she eats she nibbles on the brains well morticians are like the last people to see a body before it goes mm. into the ground right That's like they're true. the ones who prep it for the funeral so and okay so this is the thing stuff this is the thing i didn't right? get then so i guess just not enough people in this town die for her to to, to get enough food from like already dead people well no the problem was is that the dead people made jacob sick so she had to get live people to make him better yeah why doesn't it make her sick it could but he's a child she's an adult yeah oh so the kid just needs the real real good brains Mm -hmm. well it's like you know if a baby gets crappy powdered milk (laughs) instead of breast milk sure but he's like 10 years old well, yeah, but his, which yeah. Means his, she's had to have been brain eating immune for a system. Yeah. Right. This well, is, no, he wasn't sort of... sick until recently. Right, but that doesn't make sense. I mean, listen, <laughs> if, it's, if you're eating dead, like if you're supposed to be eating fresh food, and instead you're eating dead food, like that can't yeah. be good for you. So he got a prion disease. A, yeah, he's he's. I think it's reasonable within the fiction. It's fine. Yeah, I'm just wondering about the logistics of this, of, like, how she made it this far on her own also. Like, yeah, like, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Part of my She says it can be risky like... feeding like that, especially for a kid. So it's not only for a kid. Yeah, I mean, she seems to be fine having to, yeah, I don't. She probably this, this has, makes like, me... terrible gastrointestinal issues. <laughs> oh, man. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Yeah, I guess in a weird way, this doesn't put me on Dean's side, but that this does lend more credence to the fact that, like, yes, they do have to keep killing people then. Like, if her solution is a thing that, like, kind of works, but also makes them sick, like, that's fair enough. That like Yeah, they're... I mean, evidently it worked for, like, ten years and however long it worked for her before him, before she had Jacob, but, like... Yeah. That's that's Dean's thing is like, well, what what if he gets sick again? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Whatever. Well, hold on. I feel like there's a solution here because the Winchesters are just constantly killing people. So why don't you just cut the pituitary gland out and send it to her? You know, like. <laughs> well, yes. Have her come true. along. I mean, I know it has to be human pituitary, pituitary glands, and that's yes. why they can't just like have animals. <laughs> okay. But whatever. It's stupid. I mean, this is what we talked about. Like, when does a human become a monster? Yeah. Like, if you, okay, you. if you gave a if well, you gave a kitsune a witch's pituitary gland, would that work? Exactly. Probably. So oh, you're gonna kill the witch forever. anyway. Waste not, want not. So true. They're dumb. Reduce, reuse, recycle, Winchester. <laughs> it's definitely true that a lot of problems in the show would be solved with them um, having a bigger and bigger monster-bound family. Literally. <laughs> You literally have a built-in cleanup crew if you just befriend the people who aren't trying to kill you. Oh no, this monster wants to eat people. Okay, you kill people all day. So, give them the bodies. Like, what's the problem? What is your problem? Okay, so, um, back back in the past, um, I believe this is when, uh, her mom shows up. Yeah. Or wait. No, hold on. They kiss before that. They kiss before that, right? Because she's like, you know what kind of person I am, and that's when we see that they... I guess because he knocks over the thing and they talk about similarly having abusive parents when she says like sometimes i don't think i'm a good person it's so sad that line is so sad yeah it's so interesting monsters being like in culture and like seeing how people are supposed to be but like 
knowing that they can never be part of that. It's like, yeah, you get, like, you watch TV, you learn what humans consider to be good people, and it's not people who kill and eat, eat other humans' brains. Yeah, um, notably, the line where Amy says specifically, like, you know me, you know the kind of person I am. And then we get the, you know, yeah. I don't think I'm a good person, and yeah. Sam says you are. Like, yeah. person is doing a lot of lifting here. Um, and then Amy's mother shows up. Um, as like a couple of pros and a piece of shit and Paula and Sam's like gasp. Yeah, he's putting the pieces together in the closet. Um, and it's so sad when she comes out and she doesn't know. She's like, "Awesome first date, huh? Look, I'm sorry, you gotta go." And then he's like, "No, I have to go." And then he sees the brain. She's like, "Oh, that's that's just." <laughs> and then he has to take his knife out because he's a hunter. And she says, Sam, I've never killed anyone, and I don't want to hurt you. Do you want to hurt me? And he's, there's a pause, and he's like, no. <laughs> They're just little kids. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, like, she asks him to run away with her. Yeah. So, yeah, Sam is not going to kill her. He, like, leaves, um, and uh, <laughs> he gets decked by Dean. New rule, you still my baby, you get punched. <laughs> Uh, and then we have a fun uh, past callback of, like, him getting a can of soda for the bruise, just like she got him a can mm-hmm. of soda for the bruise. As as much as we complained about the end themes of this episode, there's, like, some good little writing things in this episode that yeah. I liked a lot. Um, Sam's like, I let her go. Dean's like, what? Why? Uh, another flashback. Um, she kills her mother to defend him. Oof. Yeah. And, like, it's, I mean, this is the kill your abuser show. You yes. know, like, the we know that John has also set up this idea that you can't have friends. We know that yep. John yep. is also bad to be around when he's drinking. And then we see food. Um, Amy's mother hit her child, which we don't see John doing, but the mm-hmm. subtext is there, you know? The implication is possible. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Not that he needs to have been physically abusing his children in order to have been abusing them, because he already was, but... Um, so yeah, after she kills uh, her mom, he's like, you have to run, do you have cash? She's like, yeah, it's like, okay. Uh, and it's like, I'll take care of the body. And this is where she's like, come with me. She's like, we don't have to be alone, we can be freaks together, Sam. He should have gone. <laughs> I yeah. know it would have ended up badly, like, John would have hunted them down and killed her or whatever. Probably killed both like, of them, honestly. Uh, that probably would have been confirmation that Sam was a monster. He's been waiting. Oh, man. I don't know about that. Maybe not killed both of them, but he would never have trusted Sam again. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Well, listen, it's like, what, seven years until he tells Dean if, you know, if you can't save Sam, you have to kill him? That seed is there. Yeah. If he ran away with a monster, I don't know. And then he, so, so Sam tells Dean everything. Dean's like, look, man, I get it. Okay. You meet a girl, you feel that spark. There's nothing better. But this freak, oh, Dean. Yeah. Uh, And the way Sam immediately reacts. Yep. Yep. Cause he's the freak too. Um, and Sam's, he's like, I didn't mean, Sam's like, yeah, you did. Look, I see the way you look at me, Dean. I'm like I'm a grenade and you're waiting for me to go off which is they shared the same brain cells Dean called him a ticking time bomb earlier that's basically the same thing I like that 
Like, I'm a freak. I'm managing it. So is Amy. Yeah. Huge episode for Sam Girls. I understand mm-hmm. Sam Girlism. Every Literally. time there's a Sam Girl episode. This is a like, really yeah. good Sam episode. Literally, I wrote in my notes, I'm a Sam Girl now. Yeah, for real. <laughs> he did everything right this episode. When Sam hits, he hits. Uh, Dean's like, explain the body. He's like, she's done. Her freaking kid was dying. Put you or me in her position. We'd probably do the same thing. Look, you don't trust her. Fine. Trust me, Dean, please. Yeah. And then Dean lies to him. <sighs> You want to talk about Spokane and Ash? Oh. <laughs> um, mostly they're just going to... Um, Dean says, like, we're going to hole up in Spokane. Because they were in Montana. Um, White this episode Montana. takes place in Montana. Yeah. Which, hold on. I want to know where, like, where Montana... Okay, so for those not, not uh, familiar with the northwest part of America, even though Montana is technically a state away from Washington... It's only a very thin sliver of the state of Idaho that you have to cross to get to Montana. Um, so it's probably like a five-hour drive. You'd probably be better off going to Coeur d'Alene or something, but sure, whatever. Um, hold on, I'm looking up Whitefish, Montana. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, it's a f- it's about a five-hour drive. Um, <laughs> and then when they pull into... Uh, the hotel i was like that is not <laughs> that is not spokane um because it's all green and and the the trees are not pine trees oh it's so funny it's like i know i know this is an old joke at this point on this podcast but like i literally went yep. into like where all the hotels are because they're near the airport just outside of spokane and i was like that shit's brown it's brown yeah. and it's pine trees. It's funny. I mean, they could have filmed this in, like, the Okanagan that would be a little bit more similar to Spokane, right? but they didn't even try. Yeah, they didn't even try. It's so funny. Like, you don't get green shit like this until you go over the pass in Washington. And then we get, and then we uh, end where we begun. Uh, we, ta- we talked about this scene already. Yeah. So I like yeah. the through line of the other shoe. Um, yeah. I hate the situation with Jacob. We've... We've definitely gone through this. Do we have anything else to say about this scene? I would have hated it less um, if it actually came up again. Yeah. Yeah, my one small thing is Dean saying, look me up in a few years, assuming I live that long, which <sighs> is a good line. Yeah. Oh, also, um, when Amy gets stabbed, her eyes do the cool Kitsune effect. She gets like a vertical oh, pupil. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then the rest of my notes just say, really bad. I hate you, Dad. Really bad. <laughs> God, this is dumb. But that was about the cheese. I think... So, So you both said a lot, like, the thing that Dean is... Uh, the thing that Dean regrets is going behind Sam's back. I didn't fully get that because Jackal's, like, really plays into this here. We get, like, a long, like shot on his response as he does look extremely broken up over what he just did uh when it comes across more of being about sam is in the next episode see i don't know i might have been stuck thinking about um just like reacting to the image or like reading the image of the way this ends and thinking about that in the next episode but i don't know i never got that read in the next episode either i was waiting till then to talk about that but i don't know i don't know maybe it's just like it's not enough for me you know like, this should That's be fair. more... Oh, and I'm sure it doesn't go anywhere. I'm just talking about, like, what we watch today. Yeah, fair. And then the Leviathan shows up in the end, which... It, at first I thought it was the convenience store guy, because I wasn't paying enough attention. But um, 
yeah, now this matters even less to me. So if it, if it had been the reveal of, like, oh, they had been followed this whole time, I get that at least, but, yeah, like, this doesn't even go anywhere into the next episode. Like, this guy doesn't, he's not in that at all, I don't think, right? No, we don't have any Leviathan's yeah. next episode. Yeah. So what's the point? <laughs> we already know that there, I guess it's to follow up on the credit card thing, but again, that doesn't matter. Like, that's only in here to remind you that the Leviathans exist, which we all... Yeah, it's it's dumb. They could have cut that and, silly. like, spent more time on Amy. And the, okay. the, like, the idea of, like, oh, everything's better with cheese, and then pouring some boiling cheese over somebody as he screams, and then we just see, like, the, the mouth open. is just silly! Why are you putting this at the end of an episode that should have been emotionally devastating after Dean did something terrible? Yeah. Whatever. Dumb choice. Um, Deflationary like everything in this show. Alright. Actor facts. Um, our, our dude here. This guy, Mr. Murder Leviathan, cheese lover, uh, was played by Sean Owen Roberts, um, who also played Bob Olinger in Billy o Olinger? Maybe Olinger in Billy the Kid. James in Brand New Cherry Flavor. Heath in Sacred Lies. Riley Jensen in Painkiller Jane. Logic in The Killing. And one of the main reasons he's on this list, because these are all kind of minor parts, and I thought, but I thought this was really funny. Edgy Gangster in Riverdale. <laughs> They're all edgy gangsters. It's uh -huh. Riverdale. Uh, the cop was played by uh, Nicholas Harrison, who we talked about. I was in Faith and uh, Mordecai Murdoch in Hell House. He also co-starred in a comedy show called Fools for Hire, which is about corporate entertainers debasing themselves. Oh, there's an image of him like in an elf costume. Uh, Amy Pond, no relation, was played by Jewel State, my <laughs> beloved, who played, of course, Kaylee in Firefly and Serenity. She also played Catalina in Space Cases, Becca Fisher in Flash Forward, Daisy Lipinowski in Higher Ground, Gabriella Da Vinci in Da Vinci's Inquest, uh, Laurel in Just Deal, Dr. Jennifer Keller in Stargate Atlantis, which I did not know she was in Stargate Atlantis. Now I feel like I should watch that. Uh, she was also... Um, Raquel, Raquel Westbrook in the L.A. Complex, Carolyn Swift in The Killing, Phyllis in The Magicians, and Abigail Bianchi in Family Law. Uh, she's also Naomi Harvey in the Quantum Leap reboot that literally just started. Mm. Okay. My mutuals are obsessed with Quantum Loop. Two of yeah. them, they are twins, but All right. they're obsessed with it. Shout out. <laughs> I just uh, wanted to. I just wanted to make sure that it was clear that these are not two separate mutuals. Really, they are yes. like uh, they were. They are like the same person to me. Okay. Wow. Twin stereotyping. Uh, we're gonna take a break now. When we come back. We'll talk about the next episode. <laughs> So this episode was written by Adam Glass and directed by Robert Singer. Our cold open begins with a man running through the street being chased by a car. Every time he thinks he escapes, it pops up again. Finally, he gets to his apartment, locks himself in, and thinks himself safe. Ha, idiot. The car is right there and it hits him, and then there's the title card. The boys arrive at the crime scene talking about how weird it is that they're doing a Monster of the Week episode when there are Leviathan out there. Sam lays it off, saying that Bobby will tell them if anything comes up. 
The boys talk a little bit about how Sam is doing well, he's still hearing Lucifer, but now he has a handy-dandy trick of self-harming to make Lucifer go away. Totally normal and healthy. So turns out the guy from the cold open was indeed hit by a car. Uh, one problem, though. Okay, there's lots of problems, but the biggest one is that his apartment was on the 10th floor of the building. They found some red dust at the scene. They find an AA chip and some receipts for $50 a month from a place called Jane's. Sam's going to go talk to the AA lady, and Dean goes to Jane's. Turns out before his death, Matt, Matt, that's his name apparently, almost had a relapse and she went to the bar to talk to him. Uh, they get the name of the bar but nothing else. At Jane's, which is a flower shop, Dean finds out that Matt paid for three years in advance of deliveries and also found the name of the person who he was sending the flowers to, Elizabeth Duran. Elizabeth is a dead 10-year-old girl who was killed when Matt backed out of his driveway and didn't see her bike. Dean wonders if Matt was drunk at the time and this is why he sobered up. They go burn Elizabeth's bones... In the city, a dog is chasing a guy through the streets. He runs into a diner and then into the bathroom of the diner. The other patrons don't see a dog in the bathroom. He calls 911 and tries to get some information to the operator before the dog appears and kills him. Uh, Dean and Sam are about to shower after a job well done when they hear about this guy. His name is Christopher Fisher. Uh, looks like another aspect of the case is broken. They look into this guy. Turns out he used to run a dog fighting ring. He got busted, did his time, did his community service at an animal shelter, and fell in love with it. Did, he did it even after his uh, required allotment was over. So they head off to the coroner's office to check out uh, to check out the body. I wrote the Impala. Weird. Uh, they find some red dirt, just like at the other crime scene, and then we cut to them driving down a country road. Turns out red dirt is good for growing apples, and there's a mostly abandoned apple orchard outside of town, and that's where they're going. Suddenly, a guy runs out into the street and stops them. Dean and Sam take him back to their hotel and get him to tell them what happened. He was being held in court because he killed two people when he held up a liquor store like 30 years ago. The court was being held in a barn with a bunch of symbols. He was jumped from a bar, the very same one that Matt was at just before he died. Outside, Dean and Sam talk about why they should help these people who have done bad things. Sam points out that Dean is being a hypocrite, and Dean insists that it's not the same. Dean's just grouchy because he wanted an easy job and he's not getting one. Sam's going to go to the barn, and Dean is going to go to the tavern. Sam makes a salt circle around Warren and older orders him to stay inside of it and then leaves. Uh, at the tavern, Dean hits it off with a cute bartender, and she keeps nudging him to talk about what's bothering him. Turns out he feels guilty about killing Amy, Amy and even guiltier for hiding it. The whole time, the camera keeps shifting to a silhouette of a guy obviously eavesdropping. Sam finds the barn, it's empty, his phone rings, and it's Bobby. Turns out they're dealing with the Egyptian god Osiris. He's out and about grabbing people and judging them and killing them when he finds them unworthy. Uh, Bobby tells him to get the hell out of there because Dean is mentally ill. I don't know if he met Sam and Dean, but mental illness, isn't it? Um, Dean, outside the bar and very drunk, is giving himself a pep talk to fuck this woman uh, when he gets kidnapped and his phone falls out of his pocket. Sam's trying to get a hold of Dean with no luck. Mia, the woman from the bar, picks up the phone. She's been waiting out there for Dean for a while, listening to the phone ring. Sam is like, okay, well, I'll be right there. Uh, with Warren, the TV starts getting staticky and the lights flicker. He freaks out and leaves the salt circle and, surprise, surprise, the ghosts of the two people he killed shoot him. Oh, rip. Uh, Sam, yep, rip. Sam finds red dirt where Dean was nabbed and he goes back to the barn. Osiris talks to Dean and tells Sam to come out of hiding. Uh, Sam insists that he represent Dean as his legal counsel. Yes. Osiris calls. Yes. <laughs> it's it's that it's like the second episode of uh, the Next Generation. I just need to say this episode rules. <laughs> It's great. Uh, so Osiris calls Joe to the stand. We'll talk about what exactly goes on here. 
Then Osiris calls Sam to the stand. Sam figures out that so long as Dean believes he's innocent, then he is. So Sam calls Dean to the stand. Sam is pretty good at convincing Dean that all his stuff is not his fault. Uh, Osiris is about to call Amy to the stand, but Dean accepts his guilty verdict. Bobby tells him that the way to put Osiris down, at least for a few centuries, is to stab him with a ram's horn. So Sam breaks into a synagogue to steal a shofar to stab him with, Woo! and the rabbi just lets him, I guess? <laughs> uh, and so Dean is standing in a salt circle in their hotel room, and Joe appears. She's sad because she's being forced to blow Dean up. Uh, they talk a little bit. Sam corners Osiris at the bar and stabs him just as Joe is about to blow Dean up. In the denouement, Dean and Sam are drinking beer next to the Impala, talking about their feelings. Sam doesn't feel guilty about things anymore. He feels like he's repented because he literally was in hell for a long time. And that's how we end the episode. Dean uh, does not feel like he has repented. No. <laughs> it, should be, um... it should be noted. Well, that's because he hasn't done Teshuva yet. I have a lot of thoughts about how so Jewish true. this episode is. It's very Jewish. Yeah, speaking of which, from the top, Y'all, y'all know who Osiris is. Uh, he's not. Ram horns are not a weakness of his. <laughs> Adam Glass was like, yeah, well, what, if, what if? What if don't know? <laughs> what if they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We it's need fine. an excuse for Sam to break into a synagogue. It's great. It's a great scene. It's so funny. <laughs> um. Yeah, this episode's great. Uh. This is a really fun example of the, like, tying the Monster of the Week into the main themes of the show and what's going on mm-hmm. with the boys in a way that I always like. Um, and shout-outs, uh, enormous shout-outs to uh, Ferran Tahir uh, for his incredible performance as Osiris. He's so oh, good. So good. He's so good. I love him so much. Like, I was kind of, like... Uh, uh, zoned out a little bit for the first like half of this episode, but the moment Osiris showed up on screen, I like perked up in my chair. I was like, "Oh, okay, this is where this is going." And he has such like a magnetic like performance, like the way he just like leans back in that chair, mm-hmm. uh, the like super reasonable way he talks. It was like, "Listen, uh-huh. I'm just the arbiter here. Like, it's you guys who are guilty. You want to be judged. You want me to be doing this." Mm-hmm. It's really good. Also, to correct myself from three minutes ago, it's actually not the second episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's the pilot. Q puts the, the crew of the Enterprise on trial. I can't believe on that happens. On behalf of all of humanity, I can't if I remember believe correctly. that happens in the pilot. The <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. They come out swinging. They wild. <sighs> yeah. Shout out to TNG. Shout out to Q, King. Anyway, well, so we'll talk more about Frontier's performance later, but yeah, oh, he's so um, good. Okay, anyway, my first note is from the cold open haunted car two. <laughs> yep, yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's 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 a great cold open. I love the shot of him running up the stairs. Uh-huh. Also, the shot of him uh, running down the street. There's like a um a zoomed out shot um. Of the car, like the car, like does a does a drift. Yeah, it's a very fun cold open. It's it it um, it definitely is reminiscent of the good old days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of those cold opens that's like, what on earth is happening? What is this episode about? Yeah, and of course we end with a classic blood spray. Yes. So true. Yep. It's a, it's, I, I didn't, like, watch it more than once, but when I, like, glanced at it, 
when it was happening. I was like, that looks fucking hilarious. He just got hit by like, a car just, on the 10th just, floor. Of course it's hilarious. <laughs> the blood spray is really, I think, is, is interesting. Let me, uh, let me back myself up here. Hold on. I don't trust past me. It's at, like, uh, 150 if you're... Where is Supernatural on my Netflix? It's the only thing <laughs> but... I fucking watch on Netflix. There it is. Also, why does Netflix think I'm watching Dave Chappelle's fucking transphobic comedy special? Fuck you! The blood spray turns into the ink splatter of the opening. Oh, that's fun. I didn't notice that. That is fun. Hold on. Let me see. Also, the detail of his breath being cold, because ghostly stuff is happening. Yeah, I was like, yes, I miss regular hauntings. Yeah, you being killed me. by I'm the po- car I'm is post- so funny. Because, like, so funny. they can't have a car in here. So what they do is you hear the revving of the car, and then there is, like, a super close-up shot on the um, on the headlights. Uh, and then the headlights, like, zoom toward the camera, and then we see him with a spotlight on him as the camera zooms closer to him. And then he throws himself back against the wall, and there is an extremely edited-in-post, like, CGI blood splatter. Yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. The, turns into the Colopin ink splash. It's so funny. It looks like it was painted. <laughs> yes, it is on the camera lens. Yeah, it's great. And the the direction of the blood splatter doesn't make any sense. It's going all different directions. Yes. It's great. Also, um, like I, even once we understand what's happening in this episode, like it didn't have to be a car. Shouldn't it be the little girl? You know. <laughs> Well, Maybe she was driving the car. I know, but that's even so funnier. He was driving the car. I mean, the it works for me as a symbol of his guilt. Because yeah, I think it works, and like it's worth it for the narrative about. hilarity of getting hit by a car on the tenth floor. Yes, but yes. it is funny. If it was, be- I mean, it would also be funny if he was being hunted by a little girl on a bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> that ominous train from Good Omens. Yeah, literally. Wait, is it Good Omens? No. I no. Have no idea, though. Maybe Douglas Adams or something. Okay, well, I'm not going to find this. I think it was maybe a Dirk Gently thing. It was one of those one That of those sounds guys. like something Dirk Gently would have. It was like somebody was stuck in the back billies. seat of a car or something, or like a van, and there was a bicycle in there, and then every time the car went over a bump, it would make like this tring noise, and he really hated it. Oh! It's not. It's Lynn Truss. I remembered what story it is. No, I realized it wasn't Good Omens. Um, it's Lynn Truss's uh, with one lousy packet of free seed. One lousy free packet of seed. Whew, that was a deep cut and a deep dive into my brain. But I got there. Well, at least you got there. <laughs> okay. Um, My next note is a key smash, and I have no idea what it's about. Great. Uh, my next note is I love this like hole in the wall where the car slammed. There's just blood all around it. It's great. It's so funny. It's great. I love this cold open. Well, I guess it's not the cold open yeah, anymore. Yeah, this is the opening of crime. that. I love this death. I just love all these cops scratching their heads over like what the heck happened. Yeah. Also, we see the good old EMF reader that we haven't seen in ages. So true. The The first half of this is a real classic Supernatural episode before it gets weird. Mm-hmm. Well, it started weird. Before it gets Well, yes. Before it, yes. I'm trying to figure out what your key smash is about. I'm going to look through the transcript. 
Oh, I think my key smash was uh, some kind of ghost with a license. License to kill. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was He's, very like, so funny. proud of himself in the background there. He is literally. He thinks he's so funny. He's not funny, but he is cute. Mm-hmm. And that makes up for it. Sam's hair looks great this episode, this show, just while I'm on that topic. This, <laughs> this show is wild in that, like, we can, last episode we saw Dean murder a woman in cult blood and, like, threaten her child. In this episode, we're cackling over his stupid pun. Listen, we contain multiple. Baby girls can it's do true. whatever they want. It's true. If Dean wasn't likable, this show would be unwatchable. Yeah, for real. So, for like, the people uh-huh, who don't exactly. like Dean, it is unwatchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adam Glass was like, That's there's enough Sam girls in the world. We need a Dean episode. After the last one, whew, we need some Dean back in here. So true. So yeah, they investigate this guy. Um, I really don't have a lot of notes up until Osiris. Yeah, same. Most of mine are just like... I think there's an interesting um, underlying thing recurring about like the alcoholism situation. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, where, yeah, like, AA gives Dean the creeps. Yeah. Um, Which this fair. guy has been sober for ten years, and Dean's like, "Wow, sucks to be him." Takes a drink. Uh huh. Um, spends all night yeah. in that bar. You know, like there's, I don't know if it's saying anything specific, but it sure is. Like, wow, the boys do use alcohol a lot. Well, what it's saying specific Dean? is that Dean is miserable after what he did last episode. Yeah. Like that is the part of the this episode. My my like major note for this first twenty minutes is oh. The show actually cares about what happened last time. This is a direct response to the events of the previous episode. That's yeah. nice. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, Dean is depressed. Mm-hmm. Like Dean is drinking like all the time in this episode. And when he goes to investigate the bar, Sam says, are you going to go to work or to drink? And he goes, I don't know yet. Yeah. yeah. And he drinks. He has like three doubles in like the span of two minutes. Yep. Like that's a lot of booze. Um, uh, there's a line, let me find it. Okay, <laughs> right, when, when they're like, okay, let's go, you're going to AA, um, Dean says, I gave up AA for Lent, which is just a stupid thing to say, and Sam goes, we're not Catholic. <laughs> so that's score one in my four-point plan of proving that this episode says the Winchesters are Jewish. I don't think, mm-hmm. I, I think the joke is that uh, AA is a very Christian organization, and so Dean giving Which would it also up... be why it gives Dean the heebie-jeebies. Yes, mm-hmm. so Dean giving it up for Lent is a is a is a joke at that expense. Yes, but it does they confirm textually, canonically, AA, forever that for they are Lent. not Catholic. That's which true. you can never take away from me. Diversity win. <laughs> um, speaking of diversity win, at around the five fifteen timestamp, uh, Dean walks into is it the flower store and there's yeah the florist shop oh, yeah, there's, there's a, a rainbow, rainbow sticker, sticker on that door shout out to vancouver it's a safe space shout out to the woman behind the counter is that is that jane of jane's flowers i guess probably yes, it's jane. um it's jane. Shout, she's in the credits as jane yeah shout out to jane for being a woman of color who survives the episode and isn't the villain uh-huh <laughs> and she has lines it's for exposition largely but yes mm-hmm. At least she survives. She's uh, Dolly in Midnight Mass. Hmm. Never watched that, even though I should, because I love Rahul Kohli. And also because I hear it's a good show. <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch it also. Um, my next note is after the man dies from the dog. Bubby. So I skipped ahead a little bit, if you guys have anything Bubby. in between. 
<laughs> I don't. Um, more Dean depression stuff. Um, after yeah, after that guy dies by the dog, um, he uh, he like the way he flops down on the bed. Yeah, I'll give you a second. Hold on, um, right before that. He's so tired. So they've just been okay. burning some bones, right? And they come back into the motel, and Dean goes, "Oh, yes. another night at the office." They're so funny. <laughs> then yes. he flops down he's ready to pass out while sam takes the first shower and sam he's got points burger. out that this this death he's talking about is not exactly usual he goes he was in the restroom of a diner and he just like completely sits back up again without using his arms it's really good he just like flops down on flops uh-huh. core strength he's core like strength. damn it i can't go to sleep yet there's work to do we got work to do well yeah, and in particular, when Sam's like, all right, let's go check out the body, Dean goes, what? Yeah. And Sam goes, what? Because that's not usual. He's so sleepy. Let him go to sleep. Well, yeah, it's, I think it's more than that, because Sam's like, are you okay? And Dean's like, uh, yeah, peachy. <laughs> Dean is not okay. No. Narrator voice. <laughs> Um, so they're, they're, they find the apple farm, mm-hmm. um, because of the dirt, which is very Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, for real. They read his monograph on the subject. Um, <laughs> Sam says, like, whatever's in red dirt makes great apples. Dean yeah. goes, wow, I'd be so interested in that if okay, I ate so, yeah. apples, which is one of the gifs in the, does the supernatural have a gif for this? Um, where the prompt wow. was, a llama cannot eat apples, and someone puts this gif. Great. God. Sorry for uh, knowing everything, as if it's into... my fault. <laughs> then they run into God Warren. God has cursed me for my hubris, and my work is never finished. Yeah, Warren. Hi, Warren. He looks rough. He, he looks like looks he's just been rough. running nonstop for he's... two hours. This guy, um, uh, Julian Christopher, ha- plays perhaps the one of the most haunted... Uh, side characters I've ever gotten in the show and that like he truly sells being haunted by a ghost they told this guy act like you're being haunted by a ghost and boy he does mm-hmm. yeah he's like hunched in on himself he's like constantly like looking around um he like sits with this like clenched together posture uh it's all very good he does a good job yeah and he just got out of 30 years in yeah. prison yes Mm-hmm. He understood the assignment. He's having a rough week. Started out really good, and then how did it end up like? <laughs> the way he tells his story too, of like slowly um, making the slowly like uh, revealing more and more like weird details. It's like uh, Dean says, uh, "You're making less sense the more you talk." Mm-hmm. Like there was a judge. It, it, it was in a barn. <laughs> He's so he's so like tired of uh-huh. this weird ship happening to him. He just wants to go home. Also, he's like, "You believe me? Who the hell are you?" Oh, so now the guy who's haunted by ghosts who had court in a barn uh-huh. is gonna preach to us. To be fair, it is very uh, uh, there's a lot of synchronicity in them just happening to find him and him just happening to run out at the right time. So that's fair. That's fair. Uh, then we get some more. Dean has no respect for people who do bad things. Yep. When did our black and white case turn to mud? I'm just saying I have a hard time not rooting for the ghosts on this one. Yeah, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see, what does, Sam's, what does Sam say? It's, um... 
what was the episode where Dean let the monster kill that guy who sucked? Um, the uh, the the Western episode, right? Oh, the Phoenix one. Let's the Phoenix kill the yeah. It's, I think um... the the point here is that like even though all of these were in one case accidental and in two cases no, you know what? Let's break it down one at a time. One of them was an accident. Um, which by negligence and like he shouldn't have been drunk driving, but it was an accident. He didn't mean to kill that girl. One of them has been reformed since then, has repented, has done everything possible to make up for it. And one of them has spent 30 years in prison for it already. Um, Mm -hmm. But Dean believes that this, Dean like Osiris believes that this is not enough because he doesn't think that repentance is possible because Because he thinks that exactly. Yeah. He can't achieve it, so why can anyone else? Yeah. Uh, Dean says, when did our black and white case turn to mud? I'm just saying I'm yeah. having a hard time not rooting for the ghost for this one. Yeah, Sam said, no, that. you said it yourself. It's not on us to judge. Yeah, except that's complete crap. Everybody judges all day long. Look, I'm just supposed to ignore what that guy did. We've shot people, Dean, more than yeah. two. Yeah, you know what? When those yes. ghosts come to kick my ass, they've got a compelling case. See, this is why I read him like feeling guilty and waiting for someone to come do him in maybe that kid uh after the previous episode is like it's it's he says it outright yeah mm-hmm. he feels like he will deserve it yeah but not, that doesn't d- not stop just because him. he went behind sam's back no of course not because it's what he has to do our boy is broken it's an interesting <laughs> yeah it's an interesting dilemma he has um and then uh, this is this is why uh, Dean goes to the bar. Um, Warren's like, "Where'd Dean go?" Um, and Sam's like, "Can you help me look for this?" And uh, he's like, "It's red. It stands out. I'm yeah. not going back." Yeah, Sam is a little uh, bit like so Sam... snappish with him. He's like, "Just trust me, okay? I'm trying to help. You can explain yeah. things. I know you're on a time crunch, but like, you don't have to be mean to this guy who's scared out of his mind." He does give him the TV and the like, puts the TV on and gives him the remote, which is very funny. Like, okay, I know you're going to be trapped in the salt circle, but at least you get to watch TV while you wait for your death. See, yeah. I would I would rather have that. Oh, of course I would rather because... have the TV, and I think it's very sweet of Sam to think of it. I just think it's very funny as a yes. writing decision in Supernatural. Yes. Like, to keep this yeah. old man entertained, he can watch the television. Um, He sends Bobby the symbols to look up. Uh, I had another note somewhere. Whatever. I guess Dean just goes and flirts with that bartender. Yeah, she refers to herself mm-hmm. as kind of like um, a captive shrink with unlimited oh. alcohol, which yes. is like no, not, that's not, not what bartenders even a are. Bit. Emotional labor. No, stop. Yeah, she's a good red herring because she does not behave like a person would. Like, I guess the point is like, oh, she thinks Dean is cute. She wants to keep talking. She wants him to keep talking. But like, yes. why? Why would you be acting as his impromptu therapist for a tip? I was expecting her to be like he's trauma dumping all over you at work. Yeah, she's into that. I was expecting I was expecting her to be working with Osiris. Like she, you know, got Mm -hmm. information out of people, and he did the the judging. Like she was his his. Yeah, people just regularly trauma dumped her. I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's why she became a bartender. (laughs) She's just into it. But if you're really into getting trauma dumped on, you should become a therapist. It pays much better. Yeah, but you have to do, like, a whole, like, degree to get that, to do that. Yes, that's true. You gotta be certified. You can just be a bartender. That's true. Well, you need some kind of license, don't you? But not the same as, like, a a psychology degree. Mostly you just need to know how to not 
give people food poisoning and how to put things in a martini shaker. Yes, you need you need to take an exam, I believe, to get certified. Yeah, a mixology course. Yeah, there's a two day like course that you have to take. So you would say you need to pass the bar. Ha ha. Someone who who tends the bartending bar, a, a bartender. Uh um wait what mm-hmm. wait a second what the fuck what's up what I suddenly no longer trust this bartending school website that I was looking at because I think it's just been copy pasted because it says within British Columbia the legal age to consume alcoholic beverages is twenty one that is patently not true <laughs> the drinking age that of Canada is, is nineteen. That's just straight up wrong. I don't trust a bartending school that's wrong about the drinking age. No kidding. That's so weird. Um, the the certification is called Serve It Right in Canada, which I think is funny. So true. Okay, this is a four-hour course. This is responsibleservebc.gov, which is a government website. Send them an email. Oh, the online exam is only $35. I think that other place I was looking at was a scam. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so Dean trauma dumps to her. We get a couple um, of shots of Osiris in a baseball cap lurking. Oh, yes, yes. He's just lurking. Um, there's a line here I liked about the, the can of worms. We don't have enough room for the worms if we pop that can, sister. <laughs> yes, great line. I like the idea that the worms are so condensed in the can that it would fill the room if you popped uh-huh. it. Yeah, like one of those uh, 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 practical joke cans with the snake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instant room of worms. He's <laughs> like, you may want to slow your roll there. He says, the more I drink, the better I tip. She says, yeah, well, I'm off in an hour, so don't pass out on me. It's like, well, okay, I'll switch to beer. Mm-hmm. I like that this is what Lee gets Sam on his trail, too. It's like his phone just being on the ground. Yeah. yeah. She picks it up and is like, hello? Is this Dean's phone? Yeah. Um. Before that, Sam talks to Bobby about the lore, right? And Bobby goes, this guy hones yes. in on people who feel guilty. Who does that sound like to you? Zoom in on Sam yeah. as he thinks, Dean, really loudly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, no. Gotta get out of here. Osiris, the, the, I mean, not like this show has ever been consistent, but Osiris is particularly weird um, because... He can't die and also can just, like, pop around and then disappears again. He seems weirdly more powerful than the other gods that we've seen in this show before. He also does not need to feed on blood or, like, people, which the gods have worshipped previously. Usually it's either blood or worship. Oh, yes, right. I guess perhaps the, uh, the, the, what he's doing is, like, a strange form of worship or like him enacting his powers or whatever counts but Mm -hmm. or the death of the guilty yeah he consumes that yeah perhaps but it is interesting that the um ram's horn cannot kill him it just takes him out for a while yeah it's like they're finally like god i guess the idea of actually killing a god is kind of extreme Uh uh-huh now, Meanwhile, Lucifer, like, Lucifer knocked out a whole hallway. Like, every god. Yeah. So funny. Oh, I love Supernatural. 
fuck that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that episode makes me so mad whenever I think about it. <laughs> so then we meet Osiris. He's so cool. Hey, they got an actual wait, wait. Middle Eastern dude. Yeah. Um. Hmm? Sorry, I wanted to talk about the pep talk Dean gives himself. Um, before he gets kidnapped. Oh, so he is true. gay. I know that Dean that was... is bisexual, but for this episode, he is a gay man. He's he's like... He... You are Dean Winchester. He this goes, is what you uh... do. Like, he's literally masking so hard. I don't I don't know how else to explain it. He's he, it... gay. I mean, I know how the show says, is supposed to be. He says, it's been a while, but you owe yourself. It's nothing but a ground ball, and you just gotta put your mitt down. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> it's an easy layup to get laid. Sorry for just switching to a is different a sport ball? for the metaphor. <laughs> okay, this is me you're talking to. Don't use fucking sports metaphors. It's, um, it's just like Homestuck. Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> How is it like Homestuck? If I knew that, I would... <laughs> yeah, elaborate If I knew on that, that, I would have said it. I'm leaving this podcast. I don't feel respected anymore. Okay, having having an easy setup for sex is just like Homestuck, because like Homestuck, all you have to do is get started, and the rest of it will take care of itself from there, and you will never have a problem with trying to do it again. No. Okay. <laughs> you tried. All right. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Osiris... Yeah, he's cool. Um, so yeah, they got a brown dude to play a brown dude, Yay. which is great. Shoutouts to yeah, for the God. show doing this, finally. <laughs> I mean, they did that also for Kali, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's not... I'm just, I'm just happy to see I think a couple of the it. gods in Hammer of the Gods. Yes. I think they were for the most part. Yes, no. I, 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 I think all the gods... Maker. I think they, they've generally done it okay for the gods, I will, I will say. So I guess it's not that big of a surprise. Um, but mm -hmm. like they don't do it for monsters ever, so no, no. Um, but yes, um, Frontier is from uh, Pakistan, um, or his family is. He may have been born in America. Let me. Yes, his his uh, his family. He's uh, Naim Tahir's son, who is like a uh, another. Um, he he has worked in television and is also a like. Um, decently it seems like he's a decently popular author um oh he was uh the chief executive of the uh pakistan national council of arts cool that's neat um yeah his his dad's done some cool stuff he's done a lot of um article writing also and a book on the prehistory of the people of the indus valley uh, but yeah, I'll we'll we'll talk more about this guy later. Uh, but he 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 has been cursed to play like every uh, brown dude like minor character in like various Hollywood films and television shows. Well, if it pays the bills. Yeah. Um. But yes, he rules. He rocks. Um. It uh, it looks like he's going to be starring in a um an upcoming in the. Is he gonna be in the lead role? I don't know. It's like he will be seen in the upcoming Pakistani movie, um, Amro Yar. But uh he apparently was uh, a fellow uh in a recent like big Shakespeare uh production, which is great. I bet he nailed that um in mm -hmm. twenty sixteen and also 
Uh, he's been in some other stuff, but yeah, he, I can definitely see him like being Othello because he has a very like stage actor presence in this scene. Yeah. Uh, really mm -hmm. good body language, the way he leans back in his chair mm -hmm. with like his staff, uh, like holding it out in his arm and like resting his, uh, his cheek on his like fist has such a like commanding but relaxed uh air about him he like plays being a god better than like basically any god we've seen in this show so far i think mm -hmm. um the like kind of charming like friendly and like reasonable way he talks um is also very good and like not godlike in the traditional sense but i think his like complete uh comfortableness in his role here uh, is really well expressed. Uh, just go mm -hmm. watch the latter half of this episode. This courtroom scene is like the most fun I've had with the show in a while. <laughs> Either of you have anything to say here? I've been I've been rambling a bit. He's so fun. Um, also fun that Sam gets to flex his lawyer skills. Yes, yes, that Literally. is the that is the next thing I was going to talk about if we we're moving on is like Sam coming forward with his pre law. Um, yeah. Also, I love how he's like, "Are you gonna respect his rights or not?" Like, King, this is yeah, an literally. Yes, oh, his exactly. right to an attorney the American in the, laws of dual in the process. United States Constitution. It's literally just because he admires his chutzpah. <laughs> you tried. Sorry, that one. I didn't have enough sauce on that one. <laughs> his chutzpah. Oh, also, the the interior of the barn is great because they've got, like, braziers that are blazing and, like, big Egyptian uh -huh. statues and, like, a stone yeah. table and, like, a, a glitzed-out throne. And he's, like, really um, hard. And... All you notice was the symbols. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, I'm wondering how much of this is, like, real and how much is an illusion or, like, something that is projected via his presence being here i don't know like does he cart these around with him do they just appear where he like claims a place as his domain i think he's manifesting them yeah yeah he's also wearing like a, a a black robe with like a golden collar like a big golden collar and like his staff is very cool also mm -hmm. it's very good osiris is the best part of this yeah the, the, this is one of the rare times where a like god has been treated with some amount of like visual flair Mm-hmm. Where they're, like, yeah, they're just some guy, but, like, they're not just some guy. Yeah, he feels larger than life, and, like, that's partly why I like this performance so much, is for once it's actually not just some guy. Like, of course a guy, mm -hmm. I mean, he could have a, uh, uh, oh, no, Osiris doesn't have an animal head. Yeah, he's got a So, yeah, no, he's just a guy. Um, when Dean's struggling, he's like, quit squirming, Mr. Winchester, they're Houdini-proof. Yeah. <laughs> now, you want so to talk good. charges, or? He's so cool. I love that Sam, like, or sorry, I love that Dean has no idea what's going on. Like, he's not enough of a nerd to be like, oh, hey, it's Osiris. Yeah. Um, it's like, what is going on here? But, uh, yes. I also love that Osiris is literally just humoring them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I was about to say. It's like, Sam's like, let me defend him. And Osiris goes, well, that's unusual. He's having a little break in his routine. Why not? Yeah, it's, it's not like, like they're going to do like, anything yeah, to him. Like you said. Are you going to respect his rights? And he goes, why not? <laughs> and then every time Sam objects, he's like, shut the fuck up. Are you going to let me finish my sentence, Sam? He has the same kind of gravity to him as death does. Sounds like, objection, grounds. 
witness being called without prior notice. He goes, good one. It's like, I saw that on the good way. <laughs> Osiris says, yes, very fine objection. Denied. Yep. So, so I was like, why? He goes, because I'm the judge. Now, stop objecting or I'll find you in contempt. Yeah, he can that literally do whatever he wants. You. It's so funny. Yes. That's why they call it justice, because it's just, just us. us. One day I'll make you read more. Oh, I was quoting Avatar. Yeah, that's also that's also in Mort. There is no justice, no. just us. Ah. Um. Yes. So he calls Joanna Beth Harvells at the stands, and I clap my hands. Mm-hmm. Joe's here. Hi, Joe. Literally calling up ghosts. Mm-hmm. The writing of this scene is interesting. He's he's very much leading the witness. Oh, for sure. But they all I couldn't. Are. Isn't it true? That's not yes. how you phrase questions. Come on. Yes. But it's fine. This is not a real um, courtroom. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting that, like, the it's interesting. Mm-hmm. We've talked before about their relationship, and the show seems to still not fully know what's up because, like, the, fra- the way this scene is framed is she's lying about being into him and is like, oh, yes, it's daddy issues, definitely. Uh, I didn't want to impress him at all, which implies... And, like, she could have wanted to impress him from a non-romantic like romantic angle, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't know. It was, it was a little yeah, weird. Yeah, we're back on the Jean Joe grind, yeah, unfortunately. No, it was... It's okay. You can ignore yeah. it. You can just uh-huh. close your eyes to it. Yes. So I true. do like that Joe... It's it's fun. Like, he, he definitely summons a biased witness, biased toward the defendant, who's like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's fine. Like, I don't blame yeah, him. Yeah, but the point is, as we reveal in the next witness calling it's not yes. whether or not the witness believes matter. in yes, Dean's yes, guilt yes. it's just to make dean feel guilty which i think is really effective because obviously dean is. is gonna feel mm-hmm. guilty about joe even though obviously it isn't actually his fault yeah we get a lot of cut like cut like flashback cuts to um the the scene of uh joe and ellen dying <laughs> i miss you joe yeah it was i was happy to see her again albeit very briefly um and then sam is called mm-hmm. Um, oh, I guess before that, actually, he gives them a moment to strategize, um, which yeah. he says outright, and um, Sam says, who's the next witness? He looked at you like you'd know, and Dean says, I got no clue, obviously expecting Amy to be the next witness. Mm-hmm. It's like, this whole thing's like in a friggin' episode of Pee-wee's Playhouse. And then we get Sam. We get Sam. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's so funny that Osiris is like, until Dean showed back up in that gas guzzler, massive slam on the Impala out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That defiantly un PC car. Mm-hmm. Osiris was like, and fuck your car. Mm hmm. Oh, it's like, that one had quite a domino effect. Come back, your girl's dead. So it's like, well, that wasn't his fault. It's like, sure, and neither is everything that came after. All the death and blood and hanging on by a thread, none of that is on Dean directly. And then we get a long montage of every shitty thing that has ever happened to Dean in his life. It's miserable. But don't you think that your brother dragged you back into that catastrophic mess because he'd rather damn you with him than be alone? Wow. Sam says, no, one way or the other, I've gotten pulled back in, which we know is true because we know that, like, everyone around him for so much of his life have been demons. Mm-hmm. Whether it was the demons or the angels, someone would have. Yeah, literally, like, Dean did not give him demon into... blood. Azazel was gunning for him no yeah. matter what. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Sam was like, I would have gotten pulled back in. And Osiris was like, you know that for certain. He was pretty sure. 
pretty sure. I'm positive. I believe you. Hey, if it was about convincing me, I would say. And yeah, this is where they reveal that he just weighs the guilt that's already there. Mm -hmm. That's how Dean feels. Yeah, and Sam's like, okay, well, hold on. Terrible siren outside. It's time for some okay, good it's, therapy. It's not in my waveform. We're good. Um, that if <laughs> Dean believes he's innocent, then he is judged innocent. And so he's like, all right, let's get Dean up here and poke at his brain. Um, and I really like Sam's argument here, which boils down to feeling sad does not equal feeling guilty. Like, it, yeah. Dean specifically has complexes that make him believe that he's guilty, but he, he's just grieving, you know? He doesn't have to actually feel any of that guilt. He's just sad. Um, uh, isn't it true that you don't feel guilty about her, meaning Joe, that you're just sad she's dead, that it just blows? Then is your heart heavy with guilt or just plain heavy and none of yeah. this yeah. business? Oh, the writing Sam. in this episode is really good. There's so many good lines. Uh -huh. uh, yep. Speaking of which, I did. I keep reading Osiris lines, but that's because they're great. Um, his uh, When he says, why do I bring up the past to see if he feels like dog food about it? People want to be judged. They really do. When your heart's heavy, let me tell you, real punishment's a mercy. Ugh. I was going to be like, wow, this guy could have been made for Dean. Yeah, he was. That's how television works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, when they have the little conversation, he's like, very good, both of you. All right, because I really enjoyed that. I'm going to be generous and ask, Dean, do you want me to call my last witness or have we had enough? Ugh. And he knows, he knows yeah. there's no way it's not Amy. And Osiris is nice enough to like not, uh, like, <laughs> Reveal to, to, for this to not be revealed to Sam, which he knows would mm -hmm. make Dean, like would, would crush Dean. Mm -hmm. Well, he doesn't need to. Dean already like exactly. just bringing it up exactly. has has crushed him already. Yeah. It's it's uh it's tasty. Num 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 num. I think it would have ruled if it had been John actually. Ugh. Cuz John literally traded his soul John for John on trial. Put John on trial, yeah. Bitch. But does he feel guilt though? Hmm. Yeah. No. I love Bobby's implication that people have just like murdered Osiris like yeah, several times already. before. Yeah, it happened already. It's worked a few times um, since the pharaohs were big. He's so funny. What are you talking about? Uh, speak the courts reached a verdict. I find you, Dean Winchester, guilty in your heart and sentence you to die. Yep. I'd suggest you get your affairs in order quickly. Yeah, he's so cool. He's so good. Um, unfortunately, he goes down kind of lame, but whatever, it's fine. The yeah. effect's pretty good. It's like it a glowy. It turns into it's a mummy. Like, yeah, he's just like kind of shot like a monster in that scene. We'll talk about that. That doesn't happen yet. Um, I love that Bobby on the phone when Sam's like, "So it's temporary." Long Bobby temporary. says, "Long temporary." I say we slap that bandaid on and leave finding a cure for some hunter in a spacesuit. Yeah, so true. He's like, "That's my great 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 grandchild's uh -huh. problem." Which just made me think, man, what if we got a sci-fi spin-off of this stupid show? Oh God. Super God. Your 2500. The moon's haunted. I would watch it. I would watch it. It would rule in a stupid way. Coxgun, the moon's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not only is the moon haunted, but it's an egg. Get out of here. Go home. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so Sam goes to the synagogue. Yeah, they're like, where am I going to find a ram's horn? Like, guys, Jews. Jews have them. So they go find some Jews. <laughs> you say that like it's the obvious. Like, duh. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, yeah fair. It, it is 
though. That's like what we do. And it, okay, it says one time a year. We blow it for a whole month straight. I mean, not continuously. Each day. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, don't your lungs get tired? <laughs> I caught myself. Anyway. Um, yeah, it is that one specific time of year, so I'll let it slide. Um, but yeah, it's it's for a month, Let's and then when on Rosh Hashanah, and so he goes he goes to find the shofar. Oh yeah, when was this aired? October. Wow, hold on. So it's after. Yeah, it would have been within like yeah, a it was like weeks. a couple weeks ago. Um, Rosh Hashanah of 2011 was. September 28th through 30th, um, which means, hold on, was it like, was this airing on Yom Kippur? No, but close. This was like right after Yom Kippur, basically, like the next week. Um, Anyway, this is where (laughs) Dean says, you're going to steal from a temple? Well, that's a new low. They're Jewish. They don't have any problems stealing with churches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So (laughs) Sam shows up to steal the shofar and the rabbi walks in and goes i'm guessing you're not here for bar mitzvah lessons cut to sam driving i mean not immediately cut we cut away and then the next time we see him sam is just driving away with the ram's horn he mm-hmm. he convinced just him. let him have it That's very funny <laughs> he said listen it's a matter of life and death the rabbi said okay yeah just bring it back Aids had a question about like if you get blood on a shofar is it no longer kosher which is probably a valid point but i don't know mm. <laughs> that is a good question yeah it's like that's fine i'll get another one <laughs> Um, this, uh, I could not find anything about this guy. Rip. He's been in one other show, the the rabbi. Okay, there doesn't seem to be any rules against getting it covered in blood, so I guess we're good. <laughs> you know what? It's up to the rabbi to decide. That's one of those things. <laughs> it's a maklokas in halacha. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we get this uh, Dean Joe conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sad. It's good. He says hunters are never kids. I never was. I never was. was. <laughs> I didn't even stop to think about it. Yeah. She's like, it's not your fault. It wasn't on you. And he says, no, but I didn't want to do it alone. Who does? God. He was uh. never a kid. He was in the life since he was four fucking years old. He was shooting a gun since he was six. Mm-hmm. Um. Another great line here. Uh, unfortunately, we do the, the, the. I don't know. Him teasing her is kind of cute. Yeah. But again, oh, your like, massive oh, crush on me. On him. He's like, and she's like, ha. Huh. Uh, she says, shut up. You carry all kinds of crap. You don't have to, Dean. It gets kind of clearer when you're dead. And he says, well, in that case, you should be able to see that I'm ninety percent crap. I get rid of that. What then? Oof. And he's like tearing up. His voice is cracking. Oof. Ugh. Dean studies. Yeah. She says you. And Joe says, you really want to die not knowing? he never did. He never did get rid of the crap. He he died not knowing. I'm going to explode. Uh... It's really interesting that, like, this is her, but, like, she, like, Joe would not want to kill him, except for the fact that she's being, like, compelled by a god to do this. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. that in some ways she's her, but in some ways she's also, like, an actor performing their role. Yeah. Makes you think. Yeah, like it seems like she why, can but... speak freely because she's tried to say when yes. she was the witness, she said, Dean, I don't like implying yeah. blame you, but he vanished her before she could finish the sentence. But yeah, she is doing the, the ghost trick of blowing the salt circle. She's like, I used to haunt ghosts. I know the tricks, which was really good, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, we see another 
Um, another guilty person, a woman uh, that Osiris is going to kill, and then Sam just, like, comes up behind him and stabs him, right? Mm -hmm. It happens very fast. He turns into a mummy and dies. Oh, the frost effect on the window is cool. When Joe's oh, doing yeah. the magic wind. She says, I used to hunt ghosts, Dean. I know the tricks. And she breaks yes. the window so the wind will blow the, the sand away. Or the yeah. salt. Yeah. Which, you didn't have to do that. You could have just blown him up. Like, the salt protects him from ghosts, not fire. <laughs> yeah, but she, um, after the salt circle breaks, she reaches in and takes the lighter out of his pocket. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but then Osiris dies, and so before Joe disappears, she just gives him a little cheeks touch. People keep touching Dean's face yeah. this season, and it makes me need to lie down. God, he just deserves to have his face touched. I'm cradling him in my palms. Literally so true. And also giving him a really good shake, but both of those things are true. Um, the, uh, the, the editing in this scene is really good. Um, the cut between her hand and that, so, so, okay, to break this down, um, there's a shot of her hand on the lighter, uh, and then it cuts to the stove burning, and then it cuts to her looking at him and him looking at her. And then we cut to the episode where she dies to him looking at her and her looking at him and her hand on the detonator. Mm -hmm. And then back to him looking at the lighter in the present. It's really good. It's just like in there for just a brief moment uh, and is my favorite kind of flashback of like showing the emotional resonance there and what the characters are thinking about. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Yep. Uh, the thing that bothers me about Osiris's death is that the the show set up that how he works is he does not go after people directly. It's ghosts. It's like the ghosts of their past that do the job. So the fact that he's just like gone after this random woman, like kind of like makes. Well, he's the one who kids kidnaps them. Like that's why he's hanging around in the bar. Which is also kind of silly, but yeah, like he didn't—he wasn't going to kill that true. woman. He was going to put I, the her show on trial. didn't show him kidnapping people. I guess is the thing. It's like yeah, you could kind of ignore. There was just like the one shadowy hand yeah, that grabbed. Like you could Dean kind of ignore that. Um, I, I don't know. I would prefer it just if he like sat on his cool throne and had like other beings do his bidding for him. I guess is the thing. Yeah, like if Mia was a you know yeah. a familiar yes. of some kind. Does Osiris have what? What are does Osiris have little guys? Little guys? Does he have little does guys? He have, does he have minions? <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. Once again, I don't know anything about Egyptian folklore or the Egyptian pantheon, except for what I learned in Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, also a very good show. So yeah, uh, victory. They kill mm -hmm. him. Or victory is bittersweet. Take him out. And uh, we get a uh, boys having a nice sunlit conversation by the car. It's like a classic episode mm -hmm. for real. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. uh, I like this. We start with Sam being like, hey, so was Joe okay? And he's like, no, nah, just regular Joe. Maybe a little happier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they joke about Sam being a decent lawyer. Or rather, yeah, what he says, decent, decent scuzzbag. scuzzbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, I'm over one. Seems like, who was that final witness? And he's like, I don't know. That could be just about anybody dead we know. Yeah. By the by the way, I mean, I get why Judge Judy put me on trial. I got guilt coming out of my pores, but why'd he skip you? And Sam says, I think I just don't feel guilty anymore. Uh, I've spent a lot of time feeling crappy. 
like my whole life. Dean um, makes a joke about happy pills because he has problems in the head. Yeah. Huh. And Sam says, he just says, hell. Um, I feel like I did a lot of stuff I should have felt bad for, and then I paid a lot of dues and came out the other side, you know? Um, and sa Dean says, and that worked? I mean, you really feel like your slate's wiped? And Sam says, no, nothing ever gets wiped. Um, I guess I just finally feel like my past is my past, and I can move on with my life, you know, hopefully. He literally wants to get him. So this is parts three and four of my Jewish agenda, uh, where <laughs> it matches with Jewish ideas of, like, repentance and forgiveness. Um, Gehenim is, or the way I understand it, at least, obviously, opinions vary. Please don't take my word as the only, you know, the only interpretation. But the way that I understand it, Gehenim is um, basically Jewish hell, but not like Christian hell. It's more like the ending of the good place. So you go to Gehenim only until your sins are erased by virtue of having been punished for them, and then you can go to heaven afterwards. Sorry for spoiling the good place. Um, which is also an extremely <laughs> Jewish show. Um, so Sam was like, yeah, I went to hell, and now I'm okay. Like, I, I finished. Um, and meanwhile, Dean has not earned forgiveness because he hasn't done teshuva, mm. which is the repentance process. And step one of that is admitting you've done something wrong, and he hasn't done that. Mm -hmm. Oh, Dean. My my note for this is Sam is just dissociating so hard he doesn't feel anything. <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah, I like this for Sam characterization. This is good. Mm -hmm. Also, this mm -hmm. is like the most positive note we've left uh, off on the episode on in like years. Yeah. Like, yeah, I kind of feel good. Yeah, and there's no like shoe drop. They just like, yeah. they drive off yeah. into the sunset. Mm hmm. I, I also he's, like. He's, he's coping. Dean's like, you really feel like your slate's wiped. And he says, no, nothing ever gets wiped. Mm -hmm. He can't erase, you know, the wrongs he's done, but he. Mm -hmm. He can forgive himself for it. He can move on. Because, like, aside from doing good and trying not to, like, do those bad things anymore, there's nothing else you can really do. You can't make people forgive you. Um, you can't undo bad things. Yeah. I'm just looking at the other Adam Glass episodes, um, and they've all been kind of mediocre. Uh, this one's really good. So, shout mm -hmm. to you, Adam Glass. So you figured it out. <laughs> We'll see about his future episodes, but, like, he wrote a banger for this one. There's a lot of really good lines and really good moments in this episode. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And thematically, it's really good. Yeah. yeah, it's an episode actually responding to the previous one thematically, which is rare. Mm -hmm. These three episodes bleed right into each other. The These two episodes yeah. and then the, the last so, one. Two, three, four, even. From last week. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, ev all of them kind of bleed yeah. into each other at the... One, two, three, four. Um, even if the cliffhanger at the end of two is like doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, okay, we've yeah. been here for a while and we have a game in twenty minutes. Um facts so. that we haven't covered. Yes. Um, all right. So the sad ex con who gets killed, Warren, played by Julian Christopher, has been minor characters and stuff since the seventies, um, and has had a had a major role in the magician as Jerry Anderson, and he's also Ernie in Upload. Uh, Jane the Florist, played by Crystal Balint, who was Grace Walker in Mech X4, a Disney XD show about kids who are mech pilots. 
Uh, and also Dolly in Midnight Mass. And, Family-friendly Gundam. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, more like Power Rangers. Um, uh. And uh, Kiki Keyline in Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City. <laughs> the detective, the the cop that um, uh, they talked to. At the welcome s- to Crazy Town. At the start, yes. Population One Dead Guy. Um, was played by David Allen Pearson, who was also Gary in Centered Action, and Jepham Trost in Dirk Gently. Oh. Um, the oh. Uh, bartender lady was played by Emily Ullerup, who was Ashley Magnus in Sanctuary, Caitlin Joyce in J-Pod, Eliza in Reese, Astrid Polson in Arctic Air, and Brie O'Brien in Chesapeake Shores. Uh, finally, Osiris was, play- was played by Fran Tahir, who... Uh, uh, as I said, um, d- deserves more leading roles, but is stuck playing every Middle Eastern minor character in every movie. Um, most, one of most famously, he's Nethu in the '90s live-action Jungle Book. Uh, he's Brigadier Rashid in Charlie Wilson's War with Tom Hanks. Uh, Captain Robau in J- in J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Frank Ashkani in Dallas. Da- da- Dallas. Adwin Kosan in Warehouse 13, President Patel in Elysium, Javed in Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone, Ali Amin in Jin, uh, General Hakim in Black Ops 3, Captain Nemo in Once Upon a Time, Malik in 12 Monkeys, which is a more major role, uh, Rachel Ghoul in Injustice, and finally he gets a lead role in The Window, which came out last year. So good for him in that regard. And also he was the fellow, but that's theater. And we're done. Okay, next week uh, we're doing. Oh yes. What is this? Five. Uh, Shut up, Doctor Phil. Which has, uh-huh. <laughs> speaking of Whedon cameos, um, we will see. I'm very excited for Wyatt to find out. Um, and then slash fiction. I don't remember why it's called that. I'm very excited to find out. I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Join us for that. Um, until then, um, things are looking up for us. Don't worry about the guilt we bury deep down inside. <laughs> it's a, it's a sunny day. We're going to drive off on new adventures. Music used on Word of Godcast is The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find a link in the episode description. <laughs>